What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Let Me Find Out podcast. Man, brand new week. Hope everybody's staying dry. Crazy, crazy time, Sean. So, uh, special fucking guest up in the fucking house. We're actually, we got Sean in the motherfucking building. Woo. <laughs> yeah, you like that crowd, huh? <laughs> I love that. Uh, we're actually missing Castro today. My boy got fucking caught up in the rain. A little bit of work situation, but uh, we're going to have to have to run it because, you know, these people waited long enough. We took a little month break, bro. I know a lot I of people, yeah. they, they were asking like, oh, what's up with the, yeah, yeah. A, little, a little bit. So we a little cliffhanger there, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, how you been, bro? Dude, good. Uh, I'm not going to say New Year, New Me because okay. that's a bunch of bull- bullshit, that's, right? It is. We were supposed to talk about that, remember? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. Uh, for those people, yeah, we've been having this little combo uh, in the making now. I think we've canceled, put on, and canceled yeah. again. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm glad you make it through the rain. And how did how did it uh, go for you last week? Everything good? I know you probably live on the second floor. You live in an apartment, right? <laughs> yeah, but even then, dude, uh, where I live, it's like on top of the mesa. So... Mm. It doesn't flood. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I have some coworkers who, like, live in uh, National City and uh, Troyes and all that. And it it was bad for them. So let me tell you something. Um, I was out there Wednesday, actually. I was working with a, a dirt crew. Mm. Um, and it was kind of weird because I got dispatched over at like 2.30. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? That's, I'm trying to be home by 4, you know? But uh, it turns out I went to go work in National City. Shout out, shout out to Southcrest Trails in that fucking whole neighborhood, bro. Really, really bad. And it was yeah. really an eye-opener for me, bro. We went until like 9 p.m. Uh, just working. We had the Red Cross out there. The cops were there like blocking the streets uh firefighter it was a whole operation the city of san diego was actually the public works they were actually working for once <laughs> and not just fucking chilling and uh, the volunteers bro a whole bunch of volunteers and obviously i was sweeping there the mud the streets the dirt they're trying to clear sidewalks and it's really crazy uh the, the the water line was like three quarters up of a fucking house bro oh no dude i saw it uh, was disastrous, i saw it on the bro. news it was bad people in canoes getting yes, around yeah. and um you know that whole day i was working from home but all I could hear the whole day as the rain was going, sirens left and yeah. right, left yeah. and right. I'm like, damn, it's it's fucking bad out there. It's it's either bad. people, I thought, oh, people must be getting in car accidents, but no, I think it was people calling for help because they're stuck in their car or or their their house is flooded and they're chilled on the roof or something. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, damn, right. it 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 must be bad, and it was. It was, it was pretty bad. bad. It yeah. was pretty bad, my boy. And um, it was a real open opener for me, and it just made me feel grateful. I'm like, fuck, man. I mean, we got some damage here and there, but nothing like this, bro. And the news was out there. I was trying to pass behind the news, like, uh, left and right, <laughs> trying to show made. up and show out with the fucking <laughs> product placement, you know, trying to go with the Herbitas. logo. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah, um, it, was, it was it was really fucked up. Uh, yeah. And we're supposed to expect more rain. I don't know. I hope it doesn't. It, I mean, by it's, the looks it, of it, it's not that it's much. Chill it's chill right bad. now, but... Yeah. But it's supposed to keep raining until the end of next week. But we'll see. Yeah. yeah. But, um, other than that, bro, just our conversations, you know, like well, I'd be at the gym. I'd be getting shit from you from Reddit. 
Um, it's fucking crazy. It's a lot of crazy uh, articles and the shit that we're living in. There's plenty to talk about, man. There's so much shit going on, and and like we've said, man, this is like a year of kind of like we're almost expecting something to happen. You know, whether yeah, yeah. nationwide, worldwide, big news is a whole bunch of shits happening going it's not, on. It's not looking good right now. I mean, we're. How do you feel about like the future this year? How do you feel in general? Honestly, man, I, I I went into the first day of the year feeling optimistic, but then it just seems like one day after the other, there is some other bullshit that is coming right, up in the right. world. I mean, you know, we already had the whole uh, Israel uh, Hamas thing. The Ukraine war has been going on for a couple of years. Now we got this uh, Iran situation in the Red Sea. You know, it's one thing after the other. I'm not feeling That's optimistic. Right. Yeah. And on top of all that, bro, it's election year. You know, we'll get into that later. Yeah. But um, so it's it's kind of a it's fucking crazy. It's funny. Um, the Hamas Palestine, bro. I don't. I haven't heard much of it now. Mm-hmm. So let alone Israel, bro. Remember? Oh no, I'm sorry, not, not Israel. Uh, Ukraine. Let alone Ukraine. Yep. You know, yep. that was you know Zelensky every motherfucking day it, begging for money. It's like fizzling the fucking, out. He's still begging he's for still money. Begging for and, money. And I see. Um. I go, you know this. I go on Reddit a lot, yeah. and and I'm always seeing sh- captions like, "Yep, uh, Zelensky's afraid. People are forgetting about him. He's afraid the West is forgetting about him yeah. because Israel and Hamas took the spotlight. Right. So, um, you know, and yeah, he he needs the money. He's begging for it. He needs it. Um, but yeah, you don't really hear a whole lot about them anymore. For the longest time, the biggest thing in the news was the whole Israel Hamas thing, and. And now it seems like the biggest thing in the news is the whole Iran USA thing. So it, every month it's you know something different, some other bullshit. That's right. Yeah. And dude, that that yeah. event in, in in totality totality. Fuck, man, dude, tell me why the shit that you just gave me is hitting me oh. just right now. <laughs> it's good, right? It is pretty straight. It's and you good. know what? I quit smoking for a kid. Oh. Quit blazing a couple months ago. So even though it was one hit, like it's really hitting me right now. So it's really fucking with my linguistics. But um, <laughs> Israel Hamas, bro, October seventh was pretty fucking wild. On the like, holy shit, you know what I mean? The, the whole yeah. um, genocide was fucking wild, bro. The, the the kids, the children, the the women, the raping, the mass murders, and uh, man, you know what? Tell me why. Even after all that, and analyzing what happened. How much time it took and all that shit. How much they invaded, dude. Like you, you know, you know how I like to think. You know, I think there's some orchestration. To me, it's like a mini or like a, just another nine eleven, bro. You know, we've talked about that. Many of you uh, people might recognize my boy, but uh, we we ran an episode, Paper Trails. Check it out, and uh, we talked about nine eleven. How it I did. think yeah. it could have been. You know, there's mm-hmm. many um, speculations that it was an inside job. And this kind of has that, you know, tone and just how it happened, the response time and the leading up to it. Because I know that in Israel, there was, um, I think, the Netanyahu, is that, is that his name? He, he's the prime, prime minister. minister. He, he had problems already. Had problems, there was the yep. stabilization in the country. And for this to happen, it's just kind of fucking weird, you know? I, I think it goes without saying, you know, what happened, especially to uh, all those young uh, men and women who got dragged across into, uh, you know, the, the Gaza Strip. As yeah. hostages, you know, hearts go out to them. Total empathy, like, 100%. that sucks. That, sh- that shouldn't have never happened. But, yeah, in terms of Netanyahu, this was 
perfect timing for him. Really? Oh. I, I think so because he, he was how, having problems in Israel. Yeah, exactly. He, he was trying to pass some kind of ridiculous law where the Supreme Court over there lost some of its powers. And there was a lot of protests going on at, against Netanyahu. And, um, you know, this war comes up. And, and, you know, when it happened, I was shocked. But I was shocked in the sense that Israel, one of the Israel who has Mossad, one of the most sophisticated uh, intelligence agencies, agencies in the world, right. if not the most sophisticated. So surpass the CIA and all that bullshit. Yes, I think really, they have. Really. Oh, one, we train them, and two, it's you got to look at the history of that country. It's ever since they were formed, all they ever got was shit from their neighbors. So, yeah. of course, they're going to try and perfect the art that was taught to them. So that they can get the one up on their neighbors. And, you know, in fact, now that they've got a one up on the whole world just because of how sophisticated they are. And and so what what kills me is, okay, they've got the most sophisticated um, intelligence agency in the world. And somehow they missed this. They're calling exactly, it a hiccup. Exactly. I don't know. I don't think so, bro. I don't think so. It's I like, think they uh, knew. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, to me, kind of like I said, ring, it smells like nine eleven. Remember what the government said? Oh, the the next day or the day of, they knew it was ter- a terrorist attacks. It was Osama. You know, like fucking right away it happened. They're like, oh, terrorist attacks from so and so Afghanistan, Iraq, all that shit. It's like it, they had the the responses way too quick in that sense. In this sense, it's like, um, it's just a little weird how it all happened. Like. You say that it's Mossad, right? You yeah. know, they have this high intelligence. Just that day, you know, and at the border where they crossed, there was nobody really there. No. And the mm-hmm. response time for people to come in and, you know, kind of stabilize that, it's just kind of fucking weird, bro. I it's, heard, it was, yeah. it's a perfect storm for a lot it of is. people, for other countries as well. Yes. So it's just kind of like, you know, um, kind of weird. No, yeah. Um, just, just the way the whole thing uh, was orchestrated because apparently the plans for what happened in Israel – they had been in the works for a couple of years now. I was reading online that they found evidence that Hamas had been planning something like this for a really long time. So it's like, okay, so they knew about this. And then yeah. the day it happens, you know, there's no guards at the border. It just it just happens. And again, most sophisticated, I guess, security system in the world, Israel, their border, their fence... You know, they go, they don't just put up a fence. They've got watchtowers, they've got drones, they've got cameras, facial really? ID. Yeah, they're very, you know, the, their walls, they actually go pretty deep into the ground. So oh, that you shit. can't just dig a tunnel through, even though somehow those guys figure yeah. out a way to do it. Imagine if uh, <laughs> we had that kind of border security in Texas and oh. our border. <laughs> oh, that's something else. But uh, that, that's just wild and as well. Uh but yeah, as far as Hamas goes, bro, they're fucking wild. I mean, I heard that they, they uh, you know, stay in tunnels and shit like that. You know, this is what's bad about Hamas. And, and that the, they hide, what gets me too is that they hide behind the hostage, you know what yes, I mean? Yes, they hide behind the hostage and the leadership of Hamas, the the, the guys who run that organization, they're, they're all Iranian. billionaires. They all live in Qatar or somewhere in the Middle East, somewhere nice, while, you know... All, they got their minions doing They this. got their minions doing all the work, all the people they brainwashed, you know, and these guys got rich off all the aid that was coming into Palestine from foreign countries. Okay. They hoarded all the wealth. They didn't give it to their people. Okay. I mean, um, you, you probably saw that PBD podcast where they, they really talk about the Middle East, and they say... 
Palestine or the Gaza Strip could have been like, uh, you know, it, it could have been like a tourist destination. Yeah, I heard in, it's in, very yeah. beautiful, very potential yeah. to be prosperous. <clears throat> yes, and touristy. Yeah. yeah, and 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 they they butchered it. You know, they chose to use the aid, you know, to essentially wage uh, problems against Israel. So I mean, I and I think I, here's where I do struggle. I do empathize with both. Uh, Palestinians and Israelis. I really do. I mean, it's it's hard not to. It's hard to just pick one side or the other. And people who say, boo, no, you suck. You have to pick one side or the other. You know, fuck you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's, it, it's not a black and white issue. It's a very complex history. And if you actually take the time to learn about how Israel became a nation, the people who were living there, and just, you know, the history, the people, everything they've gone through on both sides, it's... It's hard not to feel some level of empathy for both of them. Right. So. Exactly, bro. And you know what's crazy about what when this happens, people automatically are with Israel, right? But then a couple weeks, I mean, a couple days later, once Israel's, um, they start kind of going back and forth, you know? And when Israel's doing now, it's just a, a straight up genocide. Yeah. So it's like people are, can't wait to like, Get behind a movement yes. without knowing the history or the what's really going on. And not only that, like, why do you have to pick a... You know, because it's all those memes, too. Yeah. Like, oh, your silence is noted yes. in those posts. Yes. Like, chill the fuck out. Yeah. Like, why do we have to pick a side? Why? You know what I mean? Why is it... And I... You know, people might get angry at me to say this, but... Why does why why is the responsibility of America at oh, this that, point? A hundred percent. Why? You yeah. know? Like, it, it's... It's all the BLM brainwash people that like to make posters and go and protest and be upset about something. You know what I mean? I like I hundred percent. I I know what you're saying. I empathize too with the whole situation. I yeah. think it's super fucked up uh, that they're dying every day, and this is happening. It shouldn't be happening. Um, I agree with the whole ceasefire or whatever. But it's like why us as Americans are obsessing about what's happening in other countries. There's some real fucked up shit going on uh, within the nation. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think I'm more of that idea of like America first, like. And especially because when it happened, I was like, okay, cool. We're about to start sending them money now, too. Now, that's two wars we have to wage it, and, and, and fund or whatever. The crazy thing is we've always been sending them exactly. money. We've been sending exactly. them $3 billion, $3 billion a year for their defense. Yeah. And and now, and yeah, they're asking for more on top of that yeah, to keep so, their war going. So what I see there, bro, is like, god damn it, bro, like. Where, why is that money not going to American people? You know, tax pay, yeah, there we go. People. There we go. It's and, super expensive for us just living here and, and doing, trying to do things the right way, just trying to work, trying to, trying to hustle and, and give to ourselves and our family. And, you know, they're giving out free health care here, welfare yep, here, yep. and we're fucking supporting other countries. It's like, what the It's fuck? not this sustainable. Is, yeah. I, I mean, you know, yeah, we've got the Ukraine war going on. We've got the whole Israel-Hamas thing. And now... We've got this situation in the Red Sea where it's us and Israel, uh, Iran, sorry. And it, it's one thing after the other. And I feel like this is also, you know, the media, all they're showing is the war, war, war. They're taking away from the things that are actually going on here at exactly. home. And, and on top of that, all the money that's being spent, you know, on these three uh, different uh, two wars and one little, you know, face off in the Red Sea. It's not sustainable, man. It's expensive. And if you don't already know this, your government runs on a deficit. All the tax dollars that come in don't cover the actual expenditures. They have to borrow money. So every time we get involved in something new, it's borrow, borrow, borrow. We'll worry about paying it off later. 
And that's unfair to the American people. It really is. Because not only do you know your tax dollars are going towards stuff like that, but the other hidden tax, inflation. You know, poor people who can't afford to save whatever money they do have, it's losing value every year, you know? And it's unfortunate where we're at. And, yeah, the whole what what happened to America first, you know? We're at a point where we kind of have to put America first or there is not going to be an America. It's it's on his limbs, bro. I mean, you know? (laughs) And... So with the whole war situation going on, also we're getting all these uh, immigrants, right, coming from those uh, those places. So you you can only start to think, like, you know, are they planning something to destroy, kind of like a Trojan horse, you know, mm-hmm. to destroy mm-hmm. America within? And uh, but the whole America uh, first concept is like really lost. Um, you know, with the type of people, the demographic that we're talking about, that ones mm-hmm. that like just want to uh, go protest, be activists and be speakers of uh, pro-Palestine and shit like that. They have a need to feel like a victim. And and like, look, if you look at the crowd, the majority of those people who are going out there to protest, what demographic are they like? I mean, let's be honest. Who, who are they? Who are they? What kind of they're not political, but just. Ah, they're just fucking lip tarts, bro. Yeah. I don't have any fucking other words. Other no, than no. Like, I mean, OK, I'll be honest right now. They're usually white, yeah, female, and they're angry feminists. What what kills me is like they're protest. They're always protesting on behalf of the brown man, and it's like why? Yeah, exactly. we didn't ask you to. Yeah, I mean, I, I I appreciate the fact that you support our causes, but why are you doing this? Yeah. No one asked you to do it, and it's kind of upsetting because it kind of feels like I don't know. You know, you and I were both brown men, right? You're right. Mexican, I'm Indian. And it kind of feels like we don't have a voice when somebody who is not of the same ethnic origin is going out there speaking, let alone protesting on your behalf, right? Like they know you, yeah. And that's what a lot of people tend to do, yeah. Um, which is fucking weird. And you know, so that's how you beat racism, though. You know, you fucking stop giving it attention and talking about it. Not only that, like that's how you stop. I guess kind of that. Like, you stop um, obsessing over that. I, think, I feel like this, that demographic as well, bro, they're very fucking lost in life. I feel yeah. like, like you said, their their demographic is like, um, young, or like Generation Z or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck, or like white people or white women or fucking the gays too or the fucking beta males like over there. So it's kind of like this whole demographic of just like super liberalism. In my opinion, and so some of even some of their fucking um, ideas are so contradictory. So, so one of the things, and it's a little off topic. So, but what I think about like them is like, okay, they're so obsessed about uh, their argument over there in Palestine. Is the babies are dying? Babies are dying. Think about the women. Think about the children. Oh my God, they're dying. Yeah, they are. That's unfortunate. But in America, those same people are pro-abortion, so, like, they kill billions of babies a day or a fucking whatever, so you're okay with killing babies. That's not the issue. The other one is women. So all of a sudden, you know what a woman is. You know what I mean? So you know what a woman is when she's getting fucking blown to bits across yep. the country, yep. but here it's like, well, I'm not a woman because I don't identify as one. That makes zero fucking sense. And it's like the the, the same people that be like queers for Palestine. You know what I mean? Oh, you know. That, Bro, that, in Palestine, they would probably fucking hang you. That's the sad part. So it's like, I don't, they don't know. You have to know kind of what you're getting behind. Yes. And it's so easy for them to, or for people to kind of lose purpose, right? So when you lose purpose, you want to be um, a part of something. You want to feel belonged. So you find a group of people, in my opinion, and they kind of run with that. 
Because no, no, it's 100% true. When, and it, you see this throughout history. Every time a country you know, is going through tough times and like really bad tough times, eh, you have a generation of people who feel lost. They have no purpose. But, you know, they somehow find some kind of cause to gather behind, and, and, and they, just, they just dive deep into it. They immerse themselves into it. and It becomes a religion, bro. It, I was going to say identity, but yeah, sure. Let's take it a step further. It becomes the religion because you're right. I, I feel like there's a whole generation of people out there who feel like they don't have a purpose. And it's sad because, you know, I don't think it's their fault. I don't think it's their fault. I, I, I think it's the previous generation's fault. You know, it's I was re- I read How this. So? I read this good book called The Coddling of the American Mind. Really okay. popular. Okay. It, it was written by two Democrats who talk about how, yeah, we're. Our generation and the, the next one, the Gen Z, they're they're fucked. They're spoiled. You know, it, it's yeah. because they're spoiled. And it has to do with with something. It has to do with the fact that you have a generation of people who were born during the Great Depression, sometime back in the 1920s, I think, right? Okay. And then they grow up. They go to war. They come back from war after World War II. America's booming, Pro- man. Prosperous. Pro- prosperous. Okay. Yeah. We are. We are the. And that's the baby boomers, right? Th- those are. Uh, no, they're the generation after. Oh. These guys who came back from the war, who grew up during the Depression, they get married, they have kids, and, you know, their thought process is, well, you know, I have all this uh, luxury, life is so good, I don't want my kid to ever have to know what it's like to struggle for something. Right, right. And then, then that generation grows up, and then they have kids, and it's the same mentality, oh, I don't. I don't want my kids to think I. You know, I don't want them to think uh, they have to struggle for anything in right, life. Right. So I'm just going to give them everything, and then it's a repeat cycle, one after the other. But as you go from one you generation to the softer. next, it, they get softer and softer and softer compared to the previous generations, and and that's common. It happens all the time throughout history. You know, when a country goes through good times, people get comfortable, c- comfortable, complacent soft and and it creates softer and softer generations uh until you get to the point where it's it's tough times and yeah i think it's because you know our generation and for sure the next one gen z um i know they're gonna have problems because everyone got a participation award you know everyone uh Everyone got what they wanted. They never had to struggle for anything. You've got welfare. It's and don't get me wrong. I think welfare in some cases is good, but I think it's gone to the point where it's created complacency. Unnet. Yeah, it, oh. yeah. It's it's like um, we can get to that later. That's neither here nor there. The whole welfare thing. I have my thoughts on that, but <laughs> you know, it, you get my point. It's just people are getting softer because life has become more and more easier for them by design, not by design, by accident, and. And it, it, it's unfortunate. So these people who who are going out there protesting, who feel lost, who have no purpose, it's yeah, it's really not their fault. They are a result of their circumstances. I think we all, to some extent, right. are a result <clears throat> of our circumstances. Yeah. So it's like that. Uh, what you just said reminds me of that kind of um, that phrase of like strong men create great times. Yes. And great <clears throat> times create weak. Uh, weak men. Weak men. Weak men create. Strong, Strong times. times. So it's cyclical. It's not always forever. So like, you know, people who might be upset by what I'm saying here, you know, that we're, we're a soft generation. It's it's true. Just look throughout history. Look at every right. other great country that's ever been around. They had tough times. They had prosperous times. And they went back to tough times. And it's a cyclical cycle. It, it's 
everything that is great here in America, and I love this country. You know, I hope I hope we stay number one for as long as we possibly can. You know, the, the reality is we're not always going to be number one. Someone right. is going to surpass us. We are going to have tough times, and it's not a matter of if, but when. Right. Yeah. So I don't think it's so much by accident. Um, I I like to think of things actually kind of. I love to fucking talk about or think about how things are within and by design and by structure. And, yeah, you know, it's kind of yeah. so. So what I think it is, uh, they started, you know, implementing things like so, like like you said, in the welfare, trying to incentivize mm-hmm. um, break the breaking of the family. And that creates no structure in the family. Now the family split up. And this happens over decades of time. Right. But I yeah. feel like certain things mm-hmm. are kind of promoted or helped or eased or incentivized. That that was by so, design. Let's talk right, exactly. about let's talk about the the program. Programs, the, the welfare programs that came around when Lyndon Baines Johnson was president. This is the guy who who uh, became the president after Kennedy was assassinated. Okay, He's from Texas. He, I believe, grew up poor, so he knew what poverty was like. And one of his missions as a U.S. president was he wanted to get people out of poverty. So the man had a genuine heart. Okay, He meant well, end of the day. The problem was the party he came from, the, the Democrat Party. And, and I think it was at that time when the Democrat Party started losing some of its values. Um, Even back then? they they No, they did. They used to be, I think they, you know, I mean, yeah, way back then they were a totally different party. You know, they were the party of slavery back right. in, you know, during the Civil yes. War. But parties change ideologies all the time. Right. So point is, you know, this guy becomes president. He, he has this vision of wanting no not a single person to live in poverty, so he creates um, all these welfare programs that he believed were meant to lift people up. And I, I genuinely believe he thought he was genuinely doing a good job. But I think the party weaponized some of his programs. They created incentive programs to, I believe, keep you poor. Right. Not to get you out of poverty, but to keep you poor so that politicians... Every election cycle can come around and say, hey, look what I'm doing for you, and I'll keep it coming. I'll keep the welfare coming. Just vote for me. Yeah, it's kind of like buying your votes over fucking time. You know, it's yes. kind of like, uh, yeah, for sure. It's 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 incentivizing to to keep votes and, and to keep them happy. Keep yeah. them, It's like, you know, spend it right now. Have splurge on them. Keep them happy. Uh, and then, you know, we'll get we'll just, just stay in power. Because Again, on paper, I, we're, we're doing good. But yes. we're actually doing them a really... Um, a disservice by giving them everything, giving out a handout, and people get complacent, like you said. And, and hear me out. I, I you know, I, I have. I guess we could talk about it. I don't think welfare is a bad thing. I think it depends on how you implement welfare. So Jamie Dimon, he's the CEO of the Chase Bank, which is, I think, the biggest or you know, second biggest bank in the world. Right. He was on a podcast with John Stewart. Shout out to the boy who's going back to the Daily Show temporarily. I don't like John Stewart. Oh, dude, he's. I love him. We'll really? we'll talk about that off air. <laughs> okay. But um. No, okay, so he, John Stewart interviewed Jamie Dimon, and they, they talked about money, they talked about welfare, and what was crazy to hear was Jamie Dimon, he actually likes the Nordic model of welfare. He believes the American model should be modeled on the Nordic model. And, and let's just backtrack there. The man actually likes welfare. He's a billionaire. He's a capitalist. He's probably a Republican. End of the day, right. you would think a guy like him does not believe in welfare. Yeah, sure. He does. And, you know, I, I know I knew a little bit about the Nordic welfare, but I learned a lot in that interview. 
you know, the incentive programs over there, the welfare programs, they're designed so that you are incentivized to get out of poverty. Let me give you an example. Let's say you're a single mom with a kid. The government's not just going to hand you money just to give you money. What they'll do is they'll tell you, hey, we'll pay for your child's daycare. We'll give you a little bit of money for rent. We'll also send you to school for free. Now, I think that's a better, much better welfare uh, yeah, than just handing someone would, a check. I would agree. Because now that lady, she's going to graduate from school. She's hopefully going to get a good degree that's going to help her get a good job so that she can support not only herself, but most importantly, her kid. So that's just one example of the types of welfare so, programs they have over there. Okay, so let, let's talk about, yeah, 100%. But the, the girl, the single mom here in the U.S., mm-hmm. as a comparison to what you just said, yeah. would be like, it's incentivized to have the father not there. So it's yes. the single mom, right? Yes. So boom, you have a you have a check there. Then the check for the kid you put on the yep. taxes and you just start getting money and then they pay you per the kid. So yes. single mom, the more baby daddies, the more kids they have, yes. three, four, five, they get more money. So that's incentivizing to have uh, more kids, less fathers. Yeah. What does that lead to? A weak family, no fucking role models. Yeah. Those kids grow up, no values, no structure. They start, you know, into illegal activity. Yep. And then the cycle continues, yep. right? So yep. I feel like what you're saying is there has been those programs, but I feel like sometimes those programs have, uh, have that kind of, me- like, that's what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, he, he, in a, in a yeah. darker, in it, a darker kind of sense. here is different because, you know, at, I guess at the time per capita, you had more black fan. Like this is an example because these welfare programs were, I, I think primarily targeting African-Americans black, to help them out. Uh, yeah. And communities. Yes. And so at the time you had more capitals per capita in the African-American community who were together than you do now. Now you have more single moms, yeah. divorced, just, I guess, never even married, just, just you know, uh, uh, people who got together and had a kid. And it's a problem. And it's not just at the African-American community. It's any minority community that, um, you know, I, I'd say fell victim to this vicious cycle of, of keeping you poor and staying on welfare just so some government bureaucrat can get a vote from you in the next election and say, hey, look at me, look what I did. Because right. it sucks that they're using you. You may think they're helping you. They're using you for their own right. you know, personal gain. And, yeah, so the, the welfare program here, I think where it failed was you had you know, a decent family structure within the uh, minority communities at the time in America. You know, you, you know, Parents are married. They had children. There, there was a home structure there. Then Johnson comes around, and you know whether it was his administration or Congress who came up with these laws, maybe a mixture of both. But they, they said, "Oh, you know, we'll give you welfare if you're single, if you're a single mom." You know, so, and then you know the whole, hey, you know, well, I don't know when this came around, but the we'll give you a we'll give you a check for every kid that you have, you know, single mom, and if you only if you don't make any money and all that, and it, it, they're they're creating these programs, you know, and again, I. Like I said, I agree with some programs to an extent, but I think the majority they don't really help you get out of poverty. You're you. you're just barely getting by right. on the welfare, right. and and that, I think that's a disservice to right. a lot of um, uh, people who live in the poor communities. You know, because believe me, I'm one of those people who would love to see 
people moving up exactly. in the world. You know, I, I think it's a beautiful story. Every time you hear about somebody who came from the ghetto, was poor, didn't have anything, but they go to school, they work hard, they go to college, they get the right degree, and, and their life is just exponentially right. better. Those are beautiful stories, and, but they're, they're, they're slim. They're slim because they the slim. majority of kids who come from, you know, these impoverished communities – they're a result of their circumstances. A lot of them don't get ahead because, you know, they're the communities they're in are prone to, you know, violence and, and, and just, you know, drugs and all sorts of other issues. And it's really hard to get out uh, of a cycle like that, especially if you're born into it and that's all, you know, Yeah, you know, you, you that is crazy. the ones who get out are the ones who found that motivation to just be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm going to do everything I can to get the fuck out. But, you know, according to, you know, if you look at human nature, most people aren't like that. Yeah. It takes a lot for them to like move or, mm-hmm. you know, change their mentality. Yeah. So a lot of people stay in, stay in that cycle. And even, even within their own families, some brothers make it out. Some don't, some don't you know, yeah. some siblings come out, some don't. And you know, that, that, that's gotta be tough, you know? And I think that, uh, what you said about the Nordic model is pretty interesting. That would fucking work here. That would be prosperous. I would get behind that as well. You know, like helping out the, uh, people with education, with yeah. morals, with values, with structure, uh, sport, you know, just positive shit, not just a fucking check. Cause you know what? Human nature. We're also, we're going to spend on vices and we're going to oh, yeah. splurge on ourselves. And you know, like, um, so, you know, a blank check is, is not the way I'm surprised that, you know, they, they don't, you, with like, uh, what's it called? The coupons and shit. Yeah. You can't get, um, Food stamps, sorry. Oh, food, food stamps. stamps. Uh-huh. Food stamps, you can't get booze, right? You can't get yeah. booze or cigarettes. Yeah. But even then people, you know, sell that to get cash and, you know, uh, or get whatever the fuck they want. So it, it's a cycle, bro, that, you know, it's, like you said, pretty hard to break. And oh, yeah. It's easy to fucking end up there, too. You know? It, it, it's a couple it, of bad really decisions is. away. Exactly. All you need to do is make a few bad decisions in this country, and boom, you're 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 down there. And uh, maybe the advantage you would have is you know more than the folks who are in that community. Because, right. you know, you, you had a your, – your background was different. And you could probably get out. It's just – you know, for people who come from that background, they don't even know where to start, yeah. and that, that, yeah, that's the sad part. Yeah, like, go, like, it's, like I was trying to say, I, I want, I want to see more people getting out of poverty, living a nice, decent, happy life. But the way with things are going right now, it's just, you know, they've got their circumstances, and then we've got our problems as a nation. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. But. Bro, it is election year. What do you think about that? Where where are we moving? Where are we going to see? Um, bro, uh, it's cra- kind of crazy how the Republican uh, candidates candidates have been dropping out one by one lately after the Iowa caucus. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm bummed out I'm, that my boy Vivek didn't make it. Oh, 100%. <laughs> you knew I was a fan. 100%. I, was, yeah. I, I, I remember I told you about it. I was like, yeah. bro, how do you feel about Vivek? And I was yeah. all excited because I like him too. I'm a big fan. I've been following him ever since I I, I was like, who is this guy? You know, he started, I, the first he, time I heard him, he was on the, Kenneth Owens podcast I was like I fucking fuck with this yeah, guy heavy yeah. you told so you brought him up to me sometime back during the summer but the first time I heard about him was on a Bitcoin podcast like over a year ago uh-huh. like before this guy even announced he was gonna run for president I was just like oh, who the who the fuck is this guy he's got good vernacular he, he knows how to fucking talk he yeah. knows what he's talking about I was like I fucking like him then I never heard about him again until 
it's funny. You and of all people, my mother, yeah. like, hey, do you know who this uh, Vivek Ramaswamy guy is? I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to my mom on the phone. Yeah. I'm like, what? How the fuck do you know who he is? <laughs> he's just like, oh, he, he's running for president. I'm like, he's like one of our own, finally. What? Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, huh, I know who my dad's voting for. Yeah. But then what was funny is when you told me about him, I'm like, Ah, huh, did he did he listen to the same Bitcoin podcast I did? And yeah. I was like, nah, this fool's running for president. And I was like, yeah. ah, Victor knows about him. I wonder what he thinks about him. Yeah. I think, you know, you, you can speak for yourself, but the impression I got from you was that you were impressed with him. You for know, sure. just as much as I, I, I am. I know you're 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 a Trump you're, you're a Trump guy. Yeah, that's your boy. Whatever, 100%. I get it. I the only reason I like Ramaswamy is it's like okay, he he is the <laughs> people might laugh, but he's like the good parts of Trump, right? Uh, you know, and just with better, a uh, tasteful qualities, more uh, diplomatic, yes. funny, has a charisma, articulate, articulate, yeah, um, yeah, bro, one hundred percent. And you know what? It's uh, funny how that you. Because, you know, people like to um, kind of put those two in a package or compare them, yeah. Trump and Vivek. What I saw, like you said, the good stuff about him. Yes. So I loved how he talked about, okay, first off, self-made, right? Self-made, comes from business, yes. educated. This fool has his own money. To me, that is and, what is and, most important. And just so people know, he didn't come from money. Yeah. His parents were immigrants. immigrants. They worked very hard. He, he went to school on scholarships. He worked very hard, and, and and he is like the definition of the American dream. 100%. You come here as a foreigner, and you make it. If, fuck. Billionaire, bro, CEO, started yeah. a couple companies. He was in the bio uh, industry, mm. the bio industry, and the biotech, pharma- biotech. biotech yeah, and yeah, pharmaceutical, yeah. correct? Yes, yes. So, I mean, all that interesting, bro, has come, come yep. up. He has his own money. Yep. To me, like, what I go for, and it could even be a Democrat. Like, show sure. me one, you know? Yeah. It's anti-establishment, bro. Yes. So, that whole corruption in the deep state, I tr- I'm a true believer in that. It's who they fucking pull the strings in government. It's the people that have been there for 30, 40 years. That's Biden. That's your clintons that's your uh bushes yeah yeah. uh nancy pelosi all those fucking bitches right so it to me that's huge anti-establishment he wants to go after the three-letter agencies he's about uh, america first he's about the border he's about uh economy Mm -hmm. so dude he just had all everything bro the i'm a trump guy because at the end of the day i had high expectations for vivek i think he met them or exceeded them but i never had the expectation that he was going to be on the ballot it was a long shot it was a super long shot but i'll be honest like it he had two things stacked against him. He's brown. Yeah. And he's not Christian. And I, uh, you know, let's be honest. Those are two still very important factors in the Republican Party. I'm not accusing people who are Republican of being racist. It's just, it's kind of human nature to... Want your own kind, brother. Want with your own kind. You stick with your own. And it's not in a racial way. There's some kind of, I guess, level of comfort there. You know, so... Yeah, the cards were stacked against him, but the fact that he made it that far all the way to Iowa and, and, and man, on the debate stage, the way the he just schooled was, he everyone. Was, yeah, exactly. He was good. He, he, he deserved good. to be there. I think he, he's the, he's the kind of person we need in every level of government, you know, because he genuinely cares and he comes from a place of care. So. Yeah, it's unfortunate he didn't make it. I mean, good luck to Trump. But you I'm, know, I'm excited, bro. I'm excited that he's in the arena, and we're, it's not going to be the last time they're going to no, hear from him. No, uh, a lot of people are speculating: is he going to be Trump's VP? No, there he is. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. But uh, man, if imagine if he, he was uh, House Speaker, yeah, or like yeah. you know, in the Senate somehow. So I, I mean, I think that 
he's going to get a phone call from Trump and he's going to, hey, I need you to do this. And I think he's going to do it because not because of he would want to be number two. I heard that whole spiel that, you know, he's a plan A guy. But for the sake of the country, bro, like he would take whatever role he would uh, oh, yeah. you know, be beneficial. And not only that. If he does good, bro, in fucking four more years, well, he could be the guy. He could be the guy. He could, and, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it could be totally different times, and people could be more open to you know to his ideas, to his ideas, and you know, to be honest, his ideas weren't bad. And you know, what I really liked about him is I would watch a few of his town halls, some clips. If protesters came, people who or just people who were shouting, who who just didn't had something to say the against typical him, lip tart, bro. He gave them the opportunity to speak when he didn't have yeah, to. Most yeah, people, exactly. you know, they'll throw call the guards out. and throw them out. He was like, please come here. Here's the mic. I want you to tell me what you have to say, but you're going to give me an opportunity to respond, to respond respectfully. To and and he genuinely, he, he listened to what they were saying. You knew he was actually listening to what they were saying because his responses weren't bullshit. Right. He was actually responding to that in, individual. And they were touching, you know. He, he gave these people an opportunity when most people wouldn't, like protesters, to speak and have an actual conversation. And he was big on that. He doesn't like the idea of just shutting people down because, because you know, you, know, you disagree with them. You know, and yeah. that's the biggest problem right now. Uh, I'm, I'd say both sides censorship. Yeah. So, oh man, there's so much to talk about there. Yeah, I but, know, but I know. <laughs> Vivek, okay, I, I love what you said because, yeah, uh, he would encourage conversation. Now mm-hmm. he was big proponent of free speech, yep. of to to have the difficult conversations and to engage because a lot of a lot of times we don't want to engage with the opposition yep. because it's gonna oh you don't understand no well you don't understand me but it's about fucking talking and and hearing out what the other person has to say you know and then not even agreeing with each other you don't have to you don't have to you shouldn't yeah exactly you shouldn't always agree with what people say you should have your own thoughts and ideas and and but they should be shared and talked about yes without like uh, without being angry exactly like no need to get angry about cut people off yeah yeah and that's kind of what bugs me bro that's that's kind of that's a that's something that huge that bugs me is you know people uh, during COVID, was really you know divisive, P- put people against each other. Trump the two, mm-hmm. um, and now it's fucking Israel and Palestine, and, and it's fucking I'll, Ukraine. I'll give you, you, know? I'll give you so a, good, it's just a, like, a good recent example I had. So this this weekend, I was hanging out with uh, uh, with some uh, family friends, and um, you know one of them brought up um, the whole uh, immigration, you know the 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 border crisis right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know I I shared my thoughts i was honest you know i i, I, I and, and you know i wasn't angry about it. i just said what i had to say but um what was the feedback the feedback the response was a place from anger oh shit. like it wasn't it was you know it was a place it came from a place of emotion because there was a tone in the voice a bit of unhappiness you know in the response towards me and and it wasn't a logical uh response either and that's the problem. It does happen on both sides. I mean, you know, we like to make fun of uh, <clears throat> liberals because, yeah, when they get angry and they start shouting at you, it's very illogical yeah. when they start shouting it. It doesn't come from a place of logic. But I have seen it on the other side, too. So every, you know, it, it, it happens all the time. Every election year, it's, oh, you know, the Reds don't know how to uh, control their emotions. Oh, the Blues don't know how to do it either. And it, they both do it. And, and you know, I it, it paints a picture that it doesn't matter which side of the spectrum you're on as, as far as politics you're always going to run into people who they talk to you uh from a place of emotion rather than logic right yeah yeah uh, <clears throat> i agree and 
I feel just like the Democrats kind of like use emotion a lot. It's they kind do. Of like their oh, they're known for it. They so do. So I feel like you know people who kind of give into like their big narratives and 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 movements and whatever. It's like they're really affected by emotion. They are led by emotion, bro. And, you know, and it's let, let's like, specify. Let's you know, real quick. Logic. Let, let's uh-huh. specify when we say Democrats here. We're not talking about the everyday person walking around on the street who's no. a who's a registered Democrat. I, I, uh, I'm talking about the, the politicians. No, no, oh. the, the the Democrats that are using. Using emotion. Oh yeah, for 100%. their percent. It's the it politicians. Works. They know it works. They know it works bro. You know, let's be honest. These people, they don't act. The the politicians, the Democrat politicians. I don't think they actually care about people. They don't because if they did, you know, they, they have a majority government. They would have been passing laws that actually help people out, and they haven't. All they've done is just you know prey on people's weaknesses and fears, and and and. Uh, and emotions and they they use that and they twist it to their advantage and it's like look what they've done they just keep you know look at the whole the two wars that are going on they're sending all this aid billions and billions of dollars to all these countries and it's like you know you could be spending some of that money here helping right. people out who really need it but no no it's you know that's it has to be done and you know it's just they're good at using people's emotions to get the things they want done, and it's bad. I mean, what were we talking about earlier when you said that um, the the white sometimes it's like the white people sticking up for the brown people. Yep. So that's a big emotion right there. The fact that oh racism, you should care about racism, and don't you? They point the finger at Trump or whoever it is. White, um, they they want to kill you. They want to come after you. You know. So that's one. Then. Um, the whole immigrants thing oh like you know it's all good to come through like yeah. don't you want them here don't you want care about their families right, right. so uh, emotions there then um you know the whole decriminalization here in california and the whole nation like oh don't you care it's reparations did, or it's did this, you hear about the so cop that got beat up by five immigrants yeah that just happened this week right yeah in uh new york yeah and they let them out on bail not Same only day, that they right? fucking they're over there flicking off the camera acting disrespectful and see even my dad bro i'm proud to be come um be an immigrant you know what i mean a lot of people that like i say like express myself uh trump or whatever it may be and like oh you're racist you don't like your own kind i'm like let's you know let's get down to what we're saying don't just believe univision jorge campos yeah jorge ramos or whoever the fuck (laughs) but uh, it's like all right like they're not helping us out you know no it's uh, those even my dad used to say it back in the day it's like i'm an immigrant i know it you know uh, I have certain, I have to abide by some laws here, but I'm here to work. Yeah. It's like all the people that are coming here they're the, to, to do illegal shit and be gangbangers and, and do uh, mischief. They could go fucking back. He's like, and he's always said it. And that's kind of always stuck, uh, stuck with me. You know, America's giving us uh, the, given everybody a bigger opportunity to yeah. make something of themselves because of capitalism yep. and people choose to come and do wrong and then be mad when you know people come that when we talk bad about that yeah. go back to your fucking country don't do it here you know like and that's exactly what the biggest uh a lot of people are doing with this whole border crisis you can't tell me that they're here for wanting to work pay taxes and and make a family no like here on other fucking reasons you know what i mean incentivized in many cases i mean okay uh you know people from all over the world still want to come to america so that's a big thing that's that still tells you a lot i know we're not the most perfect or the yeah we've got our flaws you know as a country but I'd 100% rather be born here again than anywhere else, you know, because 
this is still, it still feels like the land of opportunity. Even though things feel like they're getting harder and harder, I still think this is the place to be if you are trying to to just make it big and whatever it is that you want to do. And yeah, it's, and what a lot of people don't know is it's not just Latin Americans who are coming through the border. There, there are people who, who are coming from Africa, Asia, China, bro. Chi- China. Yeah. And they the don't, they don't show that on the news. And I don't you know, know why, because, um, believe me, you know, uh, my girlfriend, you know, her, her family's from Mexico. They're, they tell me, yeah, that that's who's coming through. And I've seen videos online of, of my own people coming mm-hmm. through that border. It's like, okay, so it's not just Latin Americans. It's, it's a lot of people who are it's coming through men, the border. Cause you can't young men, women or children. I've seen, I've seen women and children in some videos, but I think for some reason the media just likes to show young men, men. Obviously, yeah. but you know, end of the day, I, I guess here's how my conversation went with that person. You know, they asked me, Oh, what, what I thought about the whole border crisis. I said, you know, I, I feel for these people. I don't blame them for wanting to come to America. Cause I do want to believe that the, 20 million illegal immigrants that are here in this country, the majority, 90%, 90, 95%, they're, they're here because they want to have a better life. They want to do good. They want to support their families or send money back home to take care of the families or wherever they're from. Great, fine. I, you know, I can, I, I do empathize with that, but it's, it's getting to a point where it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. It's not. And I, again, I, I mentioned it earlier, you know, your guys' taxes, it doesn't cover the annual bill of our government spending. They have to borrow money. So every time they're borrowing money, they're, it's devaluing our currency. So that hurts you, end of the day. And it's not just hurting you. It's hurting those poor immigrants who come here who are trying to earn that same money. Yeah. So it's not a sustainable system in the long run. It's going to hurt us um, both economically and socially for sure. I mean, just look at what it's doing right now. Uh, uh to the fabric of uh, of this country, you know, people are getting angry about it. They're getting emotional about it, and and at a certain point, I do agree with the phrase that a country without uh, borders is not a country at all. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, I, I feel for those people. I, I wish that wherever they were coming from, it was a much better um, situation. situation, so that they didn't have to come here. They could they could stay where they're from, you know, be where they're comfortable with, and and just have a good life. But um, it's not. Uh, shit just keeps getting worse and worse, and they 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 come here uh, of all places. So, I mean, that huge influx in so short amount of time is hurting us. Uh, Greatly, because like you said, it's not sustainable, mm-hmm. and it's a lose lose. Because like you said, that they come into this country, they, they're leaving everything behind. So whether they're here for good or bad, they are living leaving something behind, right? Yes. And it's not going to be any better here anytime soon. So it hurts us and it hurts them. And you've seen the videos of like police stations; they've evacuated uh, hotels to yeah. to fit them in there. Schools, a schools. A schools. I've seen that. Yeah. So it's just, bro. Even if we want to take on the whole world for, if we think we're doing something positive, and it's really being negative for everybody involved. A lot of people don't really like to see that. You know, it's you say, you know. We can't take them in, and all of a sudden, it's like you're racist or you. Yeah, it's like no, I'm un- not. And empathetic. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, I'm like, just being no. logical. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not coming from a place of emotion. I'm. I have already said I feel for them, but at the same time, we have our own problems here at home too. How can we take care of other people if we can't even Bro, take care of our own people? Look, this is a big one too. When it comes down to uh, immigrants, is the fact that I heard that 
I don't know if it's California or the mm. whole nation where they're gonna re- fucking receive free healthcare. It's here, bro. It's, Americans so, taxpaying Americans. I don't. I don't have fucking that, healthcare. Or, that, that's barely, what came up. That's what came up. So that was another thing that came up. And that's what got the conversation heated with this person. So they oh, asked me really? how how work is going. I said it's good. I'm I'm a little worried about the deficit because. You know, they might they might have to cut my pay 10%. And it's like, okay, you know, it's better than getting laid off. That's great. And, and she's like, oh, why would they do that? Well, I said, you know, the state of California, the analysts are saying we're, in, we're, we're projected to be in a $68 billion deficit. But then the governor's office is saying, no, it's more like 30-something. So they can't even agree on the number. Right. But at the same time, I know the governor is starting to look at rolling back some of the lip service promises he made because of the upcoming election cycle. You know, they, they say a bunch of things that they're going to do. It increases the budget, and then they eventually roll them back. But the one thing that he decided not to roll back on was the um, the health care for illegal immigrants. And I was like, wow, uh, what about all the millions of we're, – we're a country – we're a st- sorry, we're a state of 40 million people. What about all those millions of people who are taxpayers or citizens who live here? Can't afford it. Can't afford it. What about them? And, you know, I've heard the argument, well, you know, immigrants, you, you got to, the, the response was, well, you know, you have to feel for these people. You know, they just had it so bad. emotion again. It's like, come on. Yeah. You know, like, just please listen to what I'm saying and and try to have a, try to try to respond to me based on what I'm saying. It almost feels like you say something and they're not listening. I just stopped talking at that point with really? that person. I just, I just let, like this? No, I, I didn't get angry. Um, I just let them say what they had to say. I was a little annoyed, but I so got over it. what's the setting? Because I'm just curious. Was this over fucking dinner? Are you no, a we're in a car. We're in oh, a car. So you can't even go nowhere. Yeah, a person's driving and then they just, you know, <laughs> running they, off they, they snap and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. It's not I mean, worth it. at least they know now how to approach you, bro. I mean, don't ask questions if you don't want like the true answers to that. Yeah. You know, if you say like, it's just, you know, at, at least they know now to tread with you in a way of like, you know, I can't uh, No, ask, this person doesn't uh, know. No, no, oh, exactly. Yeah. So now they can't. Um, they don't know. They can't, can't read complain. the room. They don't know that. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, like, because here's the problem. They're coming from a place of emotion. They're not. They're probably not even paying attention to the fact that I've stopped talking. I'm just sitting there like, whatever, yeah. you know, rolling my eyes. And, you know, that, that's, again, that goes back to my big problem there. It's like. Look, if you're going to have a conversation with someone, if you're going to, if you're actively listening, actively respond, don't just, don't just go, you know, if somebody's coming from a place of logic, respond from a place of logic. Don't respond from a place of emotion, you know, because that then that's not even a fair conversation. It's not a fair argument. How are you supposed to compete with people's emotions? Yeah, you can't. Yeah. So, so when it comes to uh, me having those conversations or kind of listening to people, it's also like the fact that, you know, you're having a conversation and it's kind of bugs me when the opposition or whatever they're talking about, their answers are straight up narratives that I know are just narratives that, you know, like mm-hmm. that, that have been placed out there, fake news, fake media, like I'm talking about like The View and the CNN and shit like that, MSNBC type of shit, like mm-hmm. the word by word narratives, like, you know, uh, threat to democracy and he's a racist and shit like yeah. that. It's like, oh, okay, I know where you picked that up from. But, you know, kind of like skipping over some logical points of like, how is this going to be beneficial I, for us? I think a lot of those are just buzzwords. And we 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 touched on this earlier. People are uh, they're human beings. At the end of the day, and to some extent, we're barbaric. Meaning, 
we, we've got our clans, we've got our tribes, right, you know? Right, and right. so those people who are echoing stuff like that, they come from that same tribe yeah. where, where those, those little one-offs originated. Oh, you know, it's, he's a threat to democracy. And, you know, okay, I remember when Trump got elected, I was like, hmm, okay, wh- where's everything going? And then four years later go by, and I'll admit the last year of his, you know, administration was like that first year of COVID. So that was just a weird time. But I'd say the first three years of his administration, if I'm being honest, you know, all the terrible things that people said were going to happen if he became president, they don't, they didn't happen. My life was fine. You know, I had graduated from school. I got a job, you know, a decent paying one. And I was having a lot of fun with friends and just meeting people, going out and in hindsight, you know, I met my girlfriend. In hindsight, it just seemed like a good time. Best three years, brother. <laughs> no, seriously, best three years. Like my my yeah. life was great. Like I, I you know, in, in the sense that, yeah, everything the media was talking about at the time, like oh, it's the end of the fucking world. It's right. like they do. They're doing the same thing today. End yeah. of the fucking world. Every day is the end of the fucking yeah. world for the media. Exactly. But you know, things were fine for me. You know, I don't. I'll speak for myself. I don't know how they were for other people, but. I was fine. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole thing um, in 2016 when he got elected was really interesting because I, man, I even got to me, to be honest. I thought the sound like, damn, this fucking white guy, he's yep. fucking racist, yep. this and he's yep. going to be this and that. I thought the same thing. I, I listened. I I wasn't a fanatic of. I didn't repeat shit like that and be like, fuck, this guy, I hate him. No, but I would listen to both sides and I would analyze. All right. I feel they're telling me to fucking hate this guy. Celebrities are telling me to hate this guy. The radio, Mexican radio's telling me to hate this guy. It came to a point where I was like, this is fucking weird. You know, there's, there's fake news going around. And if someone says that he says something, um, I would listen to the original version. I'm like, yo, that's not what he said. It was taken out of context. That's not what he said. They're trying to piece him together. They're trying to make him a racist. They're trying to make him a whole bunch of shit. So that started flipping me or moving me in that direction. I'm like, yo, this, this is, this is the, the top G right here. You know what I mean? And they're trying, they don't like him because he's not establishment. There you go. That's what I was so, about to say. He's so, not established. So that kind of yeah. started going me, um, down that path, right? Look at, um, look at, you know how we talked about, like, oh, it'd be nice if the Democrat Party had somebody who was non-establishment. They had someone, RFK Jr., yeah. but they pushed him out. Now he's running as an independent. I, he's, exactly. so I told you this, the man exactly. has my vote. I'm yeah. voting for him. I think he's he's very moderate. And, and but, but as a write-in, as a write-in, right? No, no, he'll actually be on the he'll ballot. Be on the ballot. Yeah, yeah, he's he's getting on the ballot. Yeah. The, uh, we'll get into why I kind of don't like that, but I like the guy. I do. I respect him. I, I think him. he's I mean, genuine. He's the type of Democrat. Like if he would have stayed in the Democrat, that I respect. Yes, man. I don't yes. like your policies, but you're anti-establishment. You're logical. You're you want to get to the bottom of COVID. I'm pretty passionate about COVID. I, I I've told people how I'm not vaccinated. How the vaccine was this and that. How mm. COVID was man-made. We could. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. And um. How oh a big one to me, bro, regarding COVID and three letter agencies and the government Mm. is the fact the Twitter files, the fact that they suppressed people talking out against COVID, the vaccines, cures, the Democrat Party, uh, the Wuhan, they colluded colluded with Twitter to silence people. People don't know that, bro, and that that's that's. Pretty, uh, that's like some third world country bullshit, bro. A hundred percent. It's like, come on. And uh, people don't understand how big of a fucking deal yeah. it is that Elon Musk bought it over, yeah, yeah. and now there's more free speech. And you uh, know, he he he's still 
He's, he actually silences people. Yeah. He, so he's yeah. But there's he was, more than there has been, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and, and look, and he's well, not colluding I, that I, we know. Of. People should also know, like, yeah, we're not saying the Republican Party is clean. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, they, they're pretty fucking dirty yeah. too. It's just at a certain point, like you know, I when I was younger, when I first became, when I first turned eighteen, and all that, I was like, okay, I'm gonna register to vote, and I had this one roommate. Um, I feel bad in hindsight because I used to give him so much shit for being a Republican. I was like, why are you a Republican? He's like, oh, because my dad was a Republican and my my grandfather was a Republican. I'm like. And, and even today, I'm like, that's still a pretty stupid reason to just be a part of a political party. It's like, do you know anything about the ideals? But that's a different conversation. Point is, I, gave, I used to give him so much shit for it, and I was like, I was like a staunch Democrat, like, vote blue, blue, blue only. And and then, I don't know, one day, I just, I, I think it's because I read that book, Coddling of the American Mind, and I also read another book, uh, uh, I don't know how, what it has to do with it, but subtle art of not giving a fuck. But the, oh, reading those two books, it kind of like it changed. It started changing my perspective on the world. And and um, those of you who listened to the last podcast I was on, you, you can tell that I love history. I love learning about not just history but economics and and its impact on people, human beings. And uh, so you know my perspective of the world started changing as I got into my mid twenties. I was like, maybe not everything is as it seems. Maybe the Democrats aren't 100% good people. And I, again, when I say Democrats, I'm not talking about the everyday person. I'm talking about the party and the politicians, the mm. establishment, the, the elites in the Democrat party, okay. not, not the everyday person, not the wokies. Yes. Because I think you know they're just they don't they don't know it but they're being used but that's another, again not, so many side conversations <laughs> we could have I know but point is you know I started I started th- seeing things from a different perspective I started learning about how oh wow th- you know all the connections like Nancy Pelosi has in the Bay Area how she's become one she's of the, the richest mil- millionaires in Congress because insider she, training insider training she learns all the crap from uh Silicon Valley because she's a congresswoman yeah. and she passes that information along to her husband who owns a hedge fund and he's yeah, making all these trades that are making them richer and richer and it's like you know i think people know now but i think over the last 20 years they had no clue that yeah this lady is crooked and and all these other people who who are just you know, they say a lot of lip service. They don't actually mean it, and they actually do bad things. It's like let's okay, let's talk about the Biden administration. First of all, I feel bad for the man because he seems like a sock puppet. He doesn't seem like he's there. That's I know that's a terrible yeah, term, yeah. but let's be honest, he is not there. He's not in the head, and and they they're using the guy because he really wanted to be president. They made him president, but then look at all the people that are in his uh, cabinet. I think Lip more than hearts, bro. It's no a clown circus. More than literally, more than half of them came from drumroll DEI or what? The military industrial complex. Oh, really? Okay, you're talking about like Senate positions and shit like war. That. These uh, people come from Lockheed, Boeing, you know, General Dynamics, yeah, the yeah. weapons industry, and it's like, why are a bunch of people from the military industry sitting on a presidential cabinet? And it's like. Damn, you know, these people, they got to power, they put the people they wanted in power, and these are the people who are getting rich off of the Ukraine war. Oh, yeah. They're getting rich oh, off of what's going on in Israel. They're probably going to get rich off of whatever happens in the Red Sea and between America and Iran. It's like oh, yeah. 
these people are scum. Yeah. They made it there. That's the Nikki Haley's. The, the, the Nikki Haley's. They're the same. They, Nikki Haley worked for Boeing. Again, military industrial complex. And these people, they don't care about you. They are put there by the establishment to keep the establishment, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the, the, uh, the power? Not Well, power is a big part of it, but just to keep their agenda going. I think okay, it's for their I, agenda. And, okay, check this out. It's for their agenda, but yes. whose agenda? I think that a whole more uh, sadistic fucking level. It's the W Economic Forum, which orchestrates the puppets yes. of the nations yes. and the nation. It just so happens that right now we have the Biden administration, which, like you said, a lot of um, they got military industrial complex people, and then through the inside, they have a whole bunch of like woke ideology people they're being hired not based on performance but because of their dei diversity equity and inclusiveness and it's fucking ruining this fucking country giving participation trophies to people who don't um perform so they have no skills hear me out on this i think the majority of people they don't want to have anything to do with that i think the problem with the media is they focus on the vocal minority who who somehow hijacked the uh the narrative, the conversation. And the problem with the establishment is, you know, I keep saying this, they're using people. They're if you're listening to this, they're they're using you. You're a sucker. Think about how you're yeah. being used right now. Yes. And you know, this the establishment, they're preying on your fears, your 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 inabilities, your your weaknesses, and and, and they're they're making it known, they're amplifying it. And that that's where they're putting the focus on because they want you to be distracted. From what they're actually doing, what's going on, you know, all all the all the all the luxury crap we have in this country, it's made us lazy. Like the cable TV, the fast oh, food, yeah. Yeah. the 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 tablets, bro, the, the tablets, you the know, Teslas. and all the information that's just coming in. You know, the nonsense information that people are consuming and TikTok brains. Yeah, it's keeping people distracted from what's actually going on. They yeah. are living in a life of opulence. And at the same time, they're either blind or just ignorant to the fact of what this government is doing, what the establishments are doing to this country. They're ruining this country. It's one cycle of war after the other, you know, and it doesn't matter which president it is, although I'll give credit where credit is due. Trump did not start a war. In fact, I think he was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize because of his Abraham Accords. Mm-hmm. He... He got Israel and Saudi Arabia to start talking to each other. Not to Saudi Arabia. Other Middle Eastern countries were like, yeah, we're open to the idea yeah. of establishing diplomatic relations He went to fucking North Israel. Korea, bro. Yeah, he, he yeah that, that was Putin. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, dude, I'll give, again, I will give credit where it's like no other president has been able to do that. And it, what sucks is this whole Israel-Hamas thing happened. If it had not happened... Israel and Saudi Arabia were actually about to start talking. They were about to start establishing ties, trade, diplomatic relations, and they were on the verge of that. And the whole thing just got fucked because of what happened. And and, and he's like the one guy I can give credit to where he didn't start a war during his administration or keep one, try to keep one blatantly going. Every other president, Republican, Democrat, they're all horrors of the military-industrial complex. They're keeping war going because it's making their buddies rich. Right. And that sucks. And the everyday Joe, you're confused, you're unaware, you have no clue, but you're Uninformed, being used. Yeah. 
and and yeah, you're uninformed and you have no clue what's actually going on. Yeah. Um as far as Trump keeping it peaceful for fucking for his whole administration and shit like that, it's um fuck, what was I gonna say that shit really got to me. But no war it, it's you know what? Okay, so it's interesting to me what it takes to be a great leader, right? And I'm, don't give me credit for, for this, but I, that's what I've heard. And it fucking just clicked in my mind and it makes so much sense that, you know, to in order to be either, and it's applicable to all, um, everybody in life. Just yeah. CEOs, the men yes. of the family, uh, and whether it be the father, whether it be the CEO, whether it be the fucking president, nation of the world, whatever, right? So the person in charge has to be first feared. Then, because you're feared, you're respected. Uh, yeah, here we go. And then, yeah, when yeah, you're yeah. respected, then you can be loved. Yes. But it, it's got to be in that fucking order. And he implemented fear. Nobody fucked with them. They, th- that doesn't mean that they loved them. Yeah. But first, they fucking feared them, right? Mm-hmm. Then, because of that, you have the Putins or the Xi Jinping's. Maybe they don't fucking like the guy. But they respect them. They respect them because they respected what it said. I to me, we had the best fucking economy because we we're drilling, drill baby drill. <laughs> and not only that, he was fucking putting tariffs on companies that were going to foreigns to produce cheaper and then bring it back. He's like, if you do that, I'm gonna put a fucking tariff on you. Uh, and and he put the tariffs on fucking China. Yeah. So that really he was, he he, was the, that was like one of the few things I actually again I I did not vote for the guy I was not I'm not his fan and he's running again I'm still not voting for him but I will give him additional credit for the whole the Abraham Accords that's a really big deal but I'll give him a lot of credit for this he was the first U.S. president who was willing to be tough on China exactly like they 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 flood our markets with materials just to destroy our you know industries. They steal our intellectual property, make copycats of everything, you know. And and in all fairness, they wouldn't be where they are if it weren't for America going over there and saying, hey, you know, we kind of don't want you to be a communist country anymore. What if we gave your people jobs and start making stuff for us? You know, and what sucks is they we, we gave away our jobs over there and we're paying the price for it. And the American dream is made in China. <laughs> it is, man. They, they really sold out on the American dream by believing, oh, you know, everyone's going to be off better if we export all the jobs to china because everything's gonna be made much cheaper there now people can live it up over here and that that was a total fuck up if anything they they gave china ammunition and china was smart about it man they they realized huh we can have a communist system with some capitalist stuff i don't agree with it i i don't i don't like the idea of it but they made it work for them and they went from being a dirt poor third world agrarian country 50 years ago to the second largest economy in the world and, and and one of the most powerful militaries in the world and we, we we gave them the ammunition we gave them the opportunity to do that and no u.s president other than trump was willing to be tough on china exactly so no 100 and you know we have that tension right there right the taiwan. Whole, well, taiwan yeah we're at the verge of world war three you know and it's just like fuck man and but that the whole taiwan thing i mean correct me if i'm wrong we have uh, so these chips the mock processing chips are fucking made in taiwan yeah and that's yeah why that's our fucking fault bro that because, is our fault because we yeah. fucking making them we're, we're dependent on we're them dependent on yes. them and and, and like don't, i i think you know again people if you're confused if you don't know like again you're a sucker if you think ah oh, you know we need do everything we can to defend Taiwan. Yes, up to a point. My heart goes out to the Taiwanese people. I'm glad they want to be a democracy, but we can't go around helping everyone. And really, 
folks, re- end of the day, the only reason the U.S. is so hung up on wanting to defend Taiwan, it's because all the chips that are in your phones, your cars, your TVs, everything, all that shit is made over there. And if it wasn't for the fact that it was made over there, your fucking iPhone would be double the price. So let right. that sink in. So yeah, that's the only reason we give a sh- give a shit about Taiwan. The second we can start making our own microprocessors and and graphics cards and other chips that go into every single thing these days here in America, you know, we're just Cut literally loose. we're gonna turn yeah we're gonna yeah. turn our back. On them. It's sad, but it's going to happen. And the Taiwanese people, I don't even think they know they're being used. Right. So, yeah, it's not, it's it's a sad situation and it's ugly and it's not pretty and it's the truth, but sometimes the truth is ugly. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. But I mean, I think we, this all started with the Biden administration, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Go, go back We there. have yeah. so many fucking. Dude, we, we, you cool. and I, we have so much to talk we, we about. Could, yeah. <laughs> we could go back and forth. I but, know. but I mean, dude, it's just been a failure. A lot of people, you know what? This is another one that irks me, bro. I know I express myself kind of fucking crazy on this podcast. I think it's. The, I'm not really such a dick. Maybe I am. <laughs> no, you're you're dick. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I emphasize certain shit. I'm really unsensitive uh, uh, towards people and shit like that yeah. because they're like that. So they claim to be, you know, the left or the wokies or the libtards that I fucking always talk about. You know, they claim to be loving and, and tolerant, except for when it's opinions that you know contradict theirs. So then they become not so fucking tolerant, right? Yeah. So that's why I mean, it's know, hip, it's it's a hypocrisy exactly. So that yeah. I, maybe that's why I emphasize more certain shit that I say or how I express myself. Right. Right, right. But anyways, um, that's another one that people during Trump's administration, uh, administration before and during were like, fuck Trump, fuck yep. Trump, yep. racist until this day, bro. The, oh. Their claims are racist. It's like, I, we hate him, this and that. Well, and, you know, during the whole fucking time of Trump in office, all, all this shit, right? Now, those same people during the this Biden administration Quiet as dirt, bro. Yeah. Quiet as dirt. They're not commenting on Biden or not even saying like, "Oh shit, I, 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 I had at least I had a wrong image of Trump or whatever." It's just not. But if he comes back in office, all those people are gonna come from the fucking shadows and be like, "Fuck this guy, racist, threat to democracy." The same fucking narratives. Although I think there's a big change. I think it's changing even in the black community, the Latino community. Minorities are finding out that you know this is was not the move. Yeah. But there's still the, a big portion of people that you know were very uh outspoken then fuck mm-hmm. this guy now they're very quiet you know so yeah. i think that's kind of that really bothers me i guess it well, kind of bugs me in a bit cause, yeah because i think what a lot of people realized is the guy they got now isn't that much better right yeah he's not saying stupid shit on twitter or on tv but he's uh, he's literally not that much better if anything things are a lot worse ever since he's come to power and again i don't think it's actually him Pulling the strings, no, it's Obama. It, whoever, Obama, uh, the the military industrial complex, the elites, the establishment, they're the DNC. They're the ones pulling the strings, and yeah, it's 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 people should be disappointed. And you know what? What kills me is people are still going to vote for the guy again. Remember RFK Jr. He's a good oh, candidate. Okay, so let's he's talk running. About him. Let's he's talk. running. So just to wrap up that, the yeah. only thing that bothers me is that. People will vote for Biden, like you said, yes. just to go against out Trump. of spite, out of spite. Out of spite. And I don't think, yeah. bro, we, we, no, I don't care 
if you're loyal to a party, that yeah. shouldn't be the case. It's like you have to kind of like you know kind of distance yourself from the party itself. Be like, what's better for not, me not and America? Party. Don't don't become loyal to, to an ideology. Exactly. Uh, ideologies, you know, they they come and go, and and for a reason. They're not always good. And, and learn to have an open mind. You may claim to have an open mind. Think about it for a second. You know, someone who has an open mind. They're actually willing to go and learn about the other side, exactly. not necessarily like turn sides, but just just learn and understand where those people are coming from. Right. If you're not willing to go and learn where the other side is coming from, then how how can you say that you actually are an understanding person, right? right? Exactly. So you're not wrong about yeah. that. But um, RFK, bro, um, like I said, Democrat, he came in as a Democrat, right? Democratic He party. was a Democrat. He, he kicked the mouth. His, his father no support, was bro. John F. Kennedy. His father was Robert F. Kennedy. They, the man comes from a Democrat family. Yeah, 100%. He's like, and, but he's one of the good ones, bro. I respect them. Like I said, I don't like the uh, policies that he put in place just because we just don't have the same values or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I like that he was anti-establishment. His yep. dad got, uh, or his uncle got, Killed for Both. a fucking reason. Uncle Both got killed. Dad was murdered. Because he was going against uh, the deep state in a way. And uh, he was anti-establishment. And that's what was might happen to him. You know what I mean? It, Who it, knows? It could. I mean, it, And so that's something yeah. I respected. He's very big ta- in, the, in the pharmaceutical industry. Talking yes. about against it. The dirty yes. stuff. How they make money. Uh, the fact that they only advertise drugs here and in New and, Zealand. Yes. We can allow propaganda for fucking pharmaceuticals, which is fucking wild. Right. And not only that, bro. He's a big spokesman spokesperson against the covid vaccine so you know i'm a passionate about that so i like the guy he wrote the book um the real anthony fauci yes. i haven't read it that's on that's yeah. on my list i really want to listen to because i fuck with audiobooks and um for yeah. for i guess for those of you who don't know whatever little you do know about him you probably know him as the anti-vaxxer Look, yeah, the man's an anti-vaxxer, but he's not going around saying, oh, like, we should just ban vaccines. He believes that, you know, you should be able to make your own decision about whether or not you want it, not just flat out ban it. But the man, he's a very educated individual. He's an environmental lawyer. He's been in a lot of cases, you know, and and, and he knows his shit. He's not a dumb guy. And the the man genuinely comes, again, from a place of... um, it's real. It's it, he. He's a really genuine person. He comes from a place of love. He actually wants to help people, you know. And 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 you know the what kills me is people don't want to actually take the time to learn about what he's campaigning on. He's just known as the crazy anti-vaxxer. anti-vaxxer. And it's like, come on, man. Like like don't don't be that ignorant. Go and learn about the guy. Go and see what he actually has to say, not what the media has to say, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cards are stacked against him, but I'm glad he is going to be, it sounds like he's going to be like a real third contender. Really? Oh, yeah. Huh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Because he's, he's moderate. He's really moderate, right. and everything he says that he's campaigning on, it's it comes from a place of common sense. You know, he's got his policies on immigration. He does think that, yeah, we need to have a tough border, you know? Um, when it comes to vaccines, yeah, he's got his opinions on those, but he's not like he himself personally is an anti-vax. He is an anti-vaxxer, but you know, his, uh, he would never impose that on, uh, on other people. That's exactly. just, he believes in the choice that he made for himself, you know? Um, you know, he cares about the environment. He, 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 he's an environmental lawyer. He 
wants to do everything we can to preserve clean air, clean rivers, you know, lakes, mountains, trees, you know, for the future generations to come. You know, he he wants, you know, the everyday American man and woman to get ahead, to find a job, you know, that'll not only sustain themselves, but a family or, or, or a loved one. You know, he wants to bring back American manufacturing, uh, manufacturing, ingenuity, thought, you know. he He's like, he's for sure, I think, an America first Democrat. Okay, yeah, and I respect that. Yeah. I like that. Um, the only, okay, there's this issue about it, right? Th- mm-hmm. And this isn't my opinion, is that I feel like America, right, is is is, is in a car. And we're fucking just going off the fucking cliff. Yeah. You can't like put your signal on and moderately turn it back. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's going to be that boom, Trump, take the fucking steering wheel, fucking yank it to the fucking left, save us, you know, kind of like that. And once I think everything's stable, boom, that's, I I like the guy, you know, he, I think he do good with the country, but right now I, I feel like we need that radical fucking. Not radical, but you know, just fucking turn. Let's yeah. let's get back on track. Let's secure the border. Let's get uh, economy fucking up. Let's uh, let's be prosperous. Let's get the fuck out of wars. Let's stop uh, spending, sending money overseas and shit like that, bro. Like I said, I have those kind of very um, America first kind of ideals, and it's scary because I mean, people are in our generation now. It's hurting our pockets, right? Now yes, we're fucking yes. earners. Now we're in. We it's hard for us to afford a home. Everything's getting more expensive. It's harder to um, build families, and the whole idea of a family is getting kind of destroyed with all these fucking woke ideologies. So there's a whole bunch of things that I, I, are on, on my list, and I feel like you know, especially my thing with Trump too, is I feel like we at least owe it to the guy because he was so fucking under attack for the three four years that he was in there. So to me, it's like all right. Let's give you, let's, let's, let's this motherfucker cook. Let's give him some space. Let's see what he could do. Let's criticize the, uh, the, the bad things and let's just see what good he does. Look, if people want to be honest, end of the day, the man never really got a fair shot. The, exactly. the cards were, I mean, I look, this is a guy who was a lifelong Democrat until he decided to run for president and then he switched his party affiliation. Uh, look, yeah, I don't, the, the guy's a narcissist. I don't doubt he wanted to be president just cause, but, Again, like I said earlier, my life didn't get any worse when he became president. My life was just fine, and I think end of the day, he never really got a real shot. You know, the establishment was against him. The media stacked the cards against him every day. It was just something. He did this. Bro. He did that. He's yeah. a bad person. It's like, oh, fuck, you know. And if you don't know any better, you're going to believe what the media says. And I think most Americans are starting to learn not to trust what the media says yeah. because they're in cahoots with the establishment. But at the same time, look. During his first two years, he had a majority government. It was all Republican. But they didn't get shit done. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I wish they would have got done. And And they didn't do it. So if people are wondering why, it's because, yeah, the Republican Party didn't even like him. The establishment didn't like him. So both sides didn't like him. So you're fighting everybody that is establishment. That yes. is on both parties. Yes. So you're going against them. I loved what he said. A lot of people don't know the speech that he gave at the World Economic Forum. I mm. forgot what year it was. Might have been 2015. But he pretty much went over there and stuck a middle finger to everybody. All the globalists, <laughs> all of the, you know, saying how like, no, we're, this is not what I believe. Yeah. And he went to go on and be president. So um, he was the, the he was the one. He's the first U.S. president so to say that NATO, that all those countries. All those European countries who are in NATO, they need to start paying their fair share. Yeah, you know, 
like oh, people, I see what you mean. Yeah, to the whole organization because he, the U.S. funds like what? Well, like the majority, 90, of the majority, it. like ninety percent like, like, of that. Like, let's talk about this for a second. People over there in Europe, you know, they got the health care, the free education, and all the subsidies. It's like what I love to tell people is, yeah, it, the second you start making Europe pay for their fair share of NATO, they're not going to have any of that shit. In fact, right. we may have some of that nice stuff here if we didn't have to foot the bill mm-hmm. for NATO. You know, yeah, people are like, oh, you know, like we could have the, this could be an awesome country if we just reduce our military spending. Two things. One, the second we start reducing our military spending and our presence around the world, there goes your currency and there goes your way of life. Let's be honest. People who are like, oh, you know, we don't we don't need a super big military and, and we don't need to be imposing our power. I'm not saying we have to go around bombing the fuck out of everyone. I, I'm totally against that because America has a bad history of just fucking up other countries and using the military against them. But I do believe that, you know, we, we've been in a good position since world war two. We had the strongest military, best economy. We, we got the world to get on our currency. We made the world use our currency to do business, you know, and we as a country took all that for for granted. And now it's all going down the drain and we're not going to be number one as a result. And 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 Amer- America's just slowly going down the drain. So, fuck, where was I going with that, dude? I'm just going on a tangent. How, hold on, get, get me back on track. Get me. What was I saying? <laughs> My boy, we we're talking about like, pretty much NATO. How yes. like, our government okay. spending is so, way too much. So, if we didn't do, if we didn't have, you know, like a, uh, you know, that that heavy American uh, military presence, you know. I think America wouldn't be what it is today, but at the same time, yeah, if we could, if we didn't have to foot the bill for NATO of all things, and if we can get the European countries, I think the country would be in a lot better shape. Right. Yeah. We could definitely reduce our military spending, but what a lot of people don't realize is, yeah, we're footing the bill for other people. I'd never thought of into depth about that. So that's interesting that you'd bring that up. Yeah. Sorry. Huge tangent there. I had to get back on track, but I I was going somewhere with that. I mean, I guess we're just talking about the good things. Look, I found out good things that he did years after. I didn't know Mm -hmm. that he actually, during the time, he actually cracked down on pedophilia uh, in the United States. So sex trafficking uh, in in children was less, and it was um, just pedophilia and all all Mm -hmm. that shit. He kind of did that. The border, too. People get upset about the kids in the cages. That happened during the Obama administration. And not only that, bro... Talking about um, kind of comparing to other presidents, deporter in chief, yeah, <laughs> Obama, <laughs> yeah, and also the the, the missile the drone king, king. Drone the drone king. king, drone king, yep. So and that's people still favor people president. People don't know that. People yeah. are like, oh, I wish Obama was best. Like, Fuck dude, this guy, dude. He killed so many people in the Middle East using a drone. So much collateral right. damage because of him. And yeah, he deported the most people ever than any other sitting president right but people would still be like he's not racist yeah for because he's brown or whatever yeah, the fuck it's like, come on but anyways man. What, yeah. what i was going with that is that trump is the only one that has gone into office and came out with less money than when he went in do you know what i mean so yeah. obama came with his little salary um uh Biden did it, Clinton did, they all, Bush did, so they all come in with a little mediocre salary, and they come out fucking rich as dirt. Yes. Trump went in there with his fucking self-made money and came out poorer. So that, that right there tells me, you know, like, okay, at least this motherfucker wasn't using us in that way to... 
He has money, bro. He could be chilling out there. And I I, I don't think he he, he... he had one thing that did irk me. Uh-huh. He was super... He, he put a lot of pressure on the central bank to lower interest rates. They were slowly raising them. Because uh-huh. you have to. If, if people are spending too much money, meaning borrowing, you have to raise the interest rates so the borrowing slows gotcha. down. Yeah. So you don't get crazy inflation. He was putting pressure on the central bank, the Federal Reserve, to lower interest rates... Because it did benefit him. He had a lot of mm-hmm. loans with the variable interest rates gotcha. where if the interest rates were low, right. his interest payments were lower on his loans. So Makes I was like, sense. this fucking guy, come on. You know, don't right. don't don't fucking do that. Don't don't be that per- don't be that third world dictator right now who who's messing around with the interest rates in their country. Don't so, don't uh, don't is that do a big that. deal, bro? Because I guess yeah. uh, I know you brought that to my attention and I I guess I don't you, and you, a lot of people listening probably don't we don't realize how um serious that is how yeah. serious is that you you want your central bank to be independent of your government you, there's a reason why the government doesn't control the interest rates and a separate oh. entity does because you look at any other banana republic third world country where the interest rates are controlled by the uh the leader or the ruling party of that country they fucked up their currency. They fucked up their country as a result. And and and, and Argentina is a great example. That hundred and forty percent inflation. Yeah, Millet, Millet is, the, is the man. Yeah. He's gonna fix it. Yeah, no, they're <laughs> a great example of their currency is fucked because they just kept printing and printing and printing money. And the way they were able to do that was with super super low interest rates. And what happened? Everyone's poor over there. The money is worthless, and, and, and their economy is shit. And that's why you need it to be separate. That's why you can't have your government, people who don't have PhDs, don't know shit about economics, making decisions about interest rates. And it's a good thing it's it's kept separate. But, yeah, um, that was my only thing that irked me. That was one of the few things that irked me about him. I, I, I'd say, you know, just, just so you know, uh. Victor, and, and anyone who's listening, why I don't like him, I just think he's a morally bad person just on the way he talks. But... End of the day, some I did mention some of the stuff I did like, so right, but maybe we, that makes me confused. <laughs> okay, my boy, but okay, what you just said right there, we just talked about you know emotion. Yeah, so it's like how how much are you letting that affect or cloud your judgment? No, no. You know? When, I, when I, was, I don't, I don't like the way he uh, carries himself. Carries himself. Oh, a hundred percent. That's what I it don't is. think it's digestible to yeah. the uh, common person. You know what? I have that crazy kind of like. Uh, character too, you know. Yeah, we per- all person- do. We pers- all do. Personality. We all do. So I like he. He's boom uh, straight to the okay. point. Offense people is funny. People find them fucking like um not. Uh, what's what's the word like? You know, I, I think it's fine to be out there. I think it's fine to be straight to the point because l- l- let's bring back Vivek over here. We talked about he's like we, we you said it one. He's like a more uh, refined, articulate version guy. of Trump. Yeah. Everything all that he's talking about. It's the same shit Trump's uh, administration was about. Right. I guess what well, the and yeah, I'll say it again. The turnoff for Trump for me was the way he carries himself. Vivek, same exact policy, yeah, same exact yeah. vision. He actually takes it much further. And the only difference is he's articulate. Yeah. He's digestible. Right, right. He's the kind of guy that I would, you know, based on the way he carries himself, the way he talks, who I would respect as a world leader. Right. Okay, I so see where it that, that's that's where I'm coming from. And it's 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 so not I, yeah. yeah not Trump's like you so know that, that that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense in the way that 
you're I, this is what I think you're saying. I don't like him. I don't like his persona, but I know America would be in kind of better hands. Yeah. In a way. Yes. But, yeah, but yeah, like yeah, I'll his, see. Yes. 100%. His, his personality has no bearing on his performance and we should care about performance. So, yes. I mean, and, and it's kind of how we're saying that people like, you know, Obama because of how he carried himself. Very formidable. He, very he had good personality. personality his but he's fucking evil. Yeah. His performance was not fucking yeah. there, bro. Yeah. So I, I, I get you. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, for me, it's functionality. And I think, that, you know, nowadays, this, you know, kind of like the whole DEI, the oh, wokeism, yeah. the ESG, yeah. the targets of the, and the Starbucks of the fucking world where we're panning to the 1% of American population, which is now woke ideology or fucking transgender ideology or the LGBTQI plus, plus or minus. All those motherfuckers kind of like want a fucking stage and, and they're pandering to them, you know? So that kind of like, Fucking bothers. Let me. let me let me tell you something about the the DEI thing. Like since you mentioned it, yeah. Today I had the craziest thought. Not the craziest thought. It just I was sitting there working. I was like, "Fuck what?" And like I had this one thought. I was like, "Did I get into San Diego State because oh, I'm thought, a minority?" I had a thought about because that. look, I wasn't a for <laughs> for people who 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 know me well. Um, you'll know that I, I wasn't a four point student in high school. I wasn't dumb. I, I had like a, a three point eight five GPA. I was I was this uh, I was the student body president my senior year. You can believe that or not? Yes, I was in that ASB thing. Um, I didn't really do sports. I played golf because my mom forced me, and that was like the easiest thing to do. I didn't really do well actually at that. You know, I, I wasn't super outgoing, but I was involved, and I got B's. So you know, I did, I kind of did what I thought was the bare minimum to get into college. I didn't get into any UCs. Um, I got into Sacramento State, and then I got into San Diego State. I was like, and I found out I got into San Diego State like uh, after all my rejections from the other schools. Oh, really? I was like, oh yes, I'm going to leave Sacramento. I knew I got into Sac State because that was no brainer. Anyone can get into Sac State, yeah. um, just like how anyone can get into Chico. Mm-hmm. It's probably easier to get into Chico than you can Sac State. But point is, I got into Sacramento State, and then. Um, I find out a couple months later, you know, when people are getting their letters, I got into San Diego State. And I was just so happy at the time. And and I was like, yeah, I made it. You know, I worked hard. I did it. Someone was willing to take me out of Sacramento. But then I realized uh, when I got there, man, uh, not too many Indians on this campus. A lot of white folk, a uh, good amount of Filipinos. Uh, you have a growing, I, I noticed a decent amount of Latin Americans. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, but not a lot of South Asians like myself. And I was like, huh, okay, maybe maybe San Diego's just not a pop in town for Indians because I always understood CSUs like Sacramento State as commuter schools. It's for the locals, the commu- the the commuters. It's not like UCs where people come from all over the world. So like, okay, you know, not a lot of Indians in San Diego. And then, you know, as I got older, like, uh, you know, I, I kept on believing that and believing that until, yeah, today I was like, Shit, did I get in because I'm a super minority? Because of affirmative action? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm glad I got in. I, mean, <laughs> I won't lie. If it's because of affirmative action, I won't lie. I'm like, oh, great. Thank you. But it kind of sucks to know that I wasn't good enough. Yeah. If same, same, if same. that's the only reason why I got same. in. I had yeah. to, uh, I, I applied to the school and I got rejected and I appealed and that's when I got in. And I'm mm-hmm. talking about kind of like your situation. I was a straight up like C's, get degrees type of motherfucker and I always cheating my way through fucking school. And um, I got in with like a 2.6, bro. 
I kind of wow. walked two points really? yeah, to the engineering department. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, you got me. But now I'm thinking about like, hey, did you motherfuckers let me in just because I'm, I'm a token? Yeah. You know? And yeah. I felt the same way when I heard that there there has to be a local minority hire or some shit like that. A local in, in Hensel Phelps, fool. When I, oh. wait, when, I, when I worked with HP. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So then I started like, motherfuckers, did I just get hired because of my... Yeah. So it kind of like bothers me. I'm glad I went through both things and sh- sure... But it kind of makes me feel like motherfuckers, like you know, you, I was just fucking a token or a, a check mark, you yeah, know, a DEI yeah. type of fucking thing. And you know, I'm kind, I'm super kind of against. I'm against that, bro. Uh, I think people should, you know, deserve to be wherever they want to be and uh, have the same opportunities as anybody else. And um, I think you're actually doing a disservice because l- let's imagine, bro, that um, you know, they start because of DEI checklist. You start yeah. to, you know, people don't fit the part they don't have are not skilled or they don't perform then depending on the um company depending on the industry you could that could be someone's life bro if you're dyslexic yeah. and you're calculating for bridges you probably shouldn't be a fucking engineer you know we'll try yeah. you out somewhere over here somewhere over there yeah. but nowadays i know you've heard about the airlines oh, that the are faa the faa yeah. they want to have more inclusion in their fucking uh co- cockpits for these fucking planes you know they want to have uh dei and inclusivity i'm like motherfuckers they're bound to be like a dyslexic motherfucker over there flying my plane you know dude i i, I mean so it's, it's just like yeah. better not be like a mini me up in there so it's just kind of like bro we're trying to check off a checklist and it's just we're we're valuing kind of these um random food for thought yeah Did you know the faa does not require aerospace engineers to have a pe oh really no i don't know so that. they got these motherfuckers designing oh, things that people are fucking really? flying around in oh not dude, even licensed fine. so it's like okay imagine that's how they've always been and now they're just opening coming, the coming door out. for yeah. hey who wants a job oh, fucking retards bro yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> come on guys you know have some fucking civil engineers have to have a fucking license just to lay asphalt on the ground but yeah. people who build planes can't don't need one yeah. that has yeah. always been like oh, what the fuck kind of thought to me but whatever right but um yeah you know it, it if look, if we're if, if we're being real right now, I probably if we were going based off merit, no, um, no, what you call it, no, no uh, affirmative action or DEI, I, yeah, I'd I'd still be in Sacramento. I wouldn't be here. I would not have met my girlfriend. Would have met you or anyone else. I would have been up there to this day probably. And I and I probably would not have even got into engineering school maybe because mm-hmm. you know I I. I got, yeah, I got in, but I wasn't like the smartest guy, but I did okay. And, uh, it's no secret that I'm not like, you know, passionate about my job. I'm glad to have it, but yeah, yeah, I probably would not have gone into engineering school either. So yeah, it, it really makes you think about, man, how, how did I actually get to where I am? Yeah. Yeah. But check this out. Even let's assume it was affirmative action, right? Mm -hmm. Um, now you're a su- success story of it, but let's assume that okay, a whole bunch of people got in right, and they yeah. take gender studies and they take these fucking libtard courses and and history and English. Then they come into the workforce with a whole bunch of fucking debt. Yeah. Not only that, there's no fucking jobs for you. So now you're suffering, and now you have to go into the real world, and it's just not. And then not only that, you're brainwashed with fucking woke ideology, and that's what's happening now. But you're one of the success stories that if it, if that was the case, you have a fucking you have a positive impact on the world. You have a professional fucking job. Yeah. And now they're those same people that took the libtard fucking route. 
they want you know to be absolved of his, of their fucking debt. So, so that's something I kind of don't agree with too. I, I, they I, want you know free tuition or so. Know? I feel sorry for those people because they were getting used from the start. So these are people who were young at one point and were told you have to go to college to be successful. Exactly. But then the people who were they they never emphasized what you need to study to become successful. Yeah. They just said go to college. college. And colleges are a predatory business where they're in it to make money. Yeah. You know, even the public universities, like they, 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 they keep raising the tuition. They keep increasing attendance. It's like, this is supposed to be a public service, but it sort of feels like you guys are trying to make money off of this. And, you know, and then again, they create all these random degrees and courses that people could take to study random things. And it's like, that's not what college should be for. Like back in the day when the, not the UC system, but the CSU system, like San Diego State, San Marcos, you know, uh, Northridge and all those schools, Sac State, they were created with the intent of, you know, having um, degrees that people could study that would help them get a job as soon as they, uh, they uh, uh, graduated. graduated. They were professional careers. You know, scientists, teachers, engineers, doctors, you know, pe- people who were um, going to help better the economy of California. And it paid off. That was, you know, over the course of maybe the last 50, 60 years, the CSU system getting to where it is today. And it paid off. You had a lot of Californians who went to the C- into the CSU system, got, you know, STEM degrees, and, and they they made the California economy what it is today it, it went from being just hollywood and agriculture to to tech we, we we're silicon valley man everyone around the globe knows who we are you know and if it weren't for that we wouldn't be where we are now but they turned into a business over time they started offering all these degrees all these courses that really don't aren't going to help you when you graduate from no, school and I was reading that book, Coddling. I think you got you got to read this one. Put it on your list, Coddling of the American Mind, the okay. book that's written by two Democrats who are lit- literally shitting on yeah. de- Democrats. Huh. And what they they bring up is um, they bring up a good point. It's like a lot of like professors at universities. They never left university. Exactly. They because s- there's no fucking jobs for them. So a lot of the cycle that happens there, watch. Mm-hmm. Let's say uh, arts and letters or some fucking lip shit. You come out and then they, they have, okay, they get no job when they get a bachelor's. They're like, all right, well, I'll just get my master's. They get their master's and then they come out. There's no job. So I'll get my PhD. They come out of PhD and there's still no job. So what, what do you do? The institution um, hires them and yep. they become the professors. And now they're teaching you know, without experiencing or fucking living the real world, in the real world yes. and the workforce, yes, they think that's how it works, and and, and they start infecting more and, people. And, and it, it's a it's a cycle of you know. Let's be honest. Everyone when they're young, they're liberal. Yeah, yeah. Everyone much. thinks they're a Democrat sure. when they're eighteen. Because, yeah, and and so you go to college. It's a liberal environment, and if yeah. you never leave college, and if you find a way to somehow stay in it, in this case, you yeah. get your bachelor's. That doesn't work out. You get your master's. That doesn't work out. You get your PhD. Well, you start teaching at the university, and then that's your, that's the rest of your life. All you've ever known is the university life, and therefore, your liberal, your young liberal free mindset, it, it just stays with you. And like you were saying. These people, they never really got a taste 
of the real world. Right. They just kept taking out Socialism student loans. Socialism doesn't fucking work. It doesn't work. And and you know the I dude, I had this Uber driver from Ukraine one day. Super nice guy. He lived there during the Soviet Union oh, when Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union. Yeah, yeah. And um, he, I was in San Francisco uh, when I met this guy. Oh, so okay. we're driving around. And I'm like. Hey, so, you know, how long have you been here in America? He says he's been here since, like, uh, the 90s or something like that. And um, he remembers what it was like growing up in the Soviet Union, going to school. He had problems with the KGB because he was studying something he wasn't supposed to be studying. So he got kicked out of school. He had to reapply to get in. Um, so I asked him, like, you know, and he studied economics. So that that's why I really started talking to this guy. I was like, you know, I was asking him all these random questions. And then I asked him, you know, how do you feel about socialism? Do you think there's any kind of middle ground between capitalism and socialism? He said, there are aspects from both that are good that if that could work together. The problem is human beings. Human beings find a way to ruin everything. Right, he right. says that's why one or the other will never work. And even if you tried to create a mixture of the two, uh, it, it, you know, the pendulum will uh, try to find a way to swing from one side to the other rather than stay right, in the middle. Right. And, you know, I said, okay, so what how, What would you say to all the young people who are advocating for communism and socialism? Socialism, A guy who grew up in that and, and it, he left it and came to a capitalist country. You know, it was it, he was joking. The way he said it was like, let them try it. Let them figure it out for themselves. See uh-huh. how it ends up for them. Yeah, exactly. Because it never ends up well. I mean, let's look at one of the more recent cases, Venezuela. They weren't a communist country until the 90s. They were a capitalist country. They were one of the wealthiest countries in the world because of all the oil, oil. they uh, drill. And Hugo Chavez comes around. He takes power and you know he redistributes all the wealth. He puts all his political prisoners and all his political opponents in prison. Uh, you know, ooh, isn't communism supposed to be about, you know, helping everyone and, and getting ahead? What did this guy fucking do? He just locks people up who speak against him. And, um, you know, he hoards the wealth and, and the country goes downhill from there. Now you've got Maduro who's in charge and that guy's not any better. He looks like he's been eating all the food in the country while all his people are suffering. Starving, now he wants to go invade uh, Guyana because they have oil. And mm-hmm. his only claim to that is, oh, it used to be part of Venezuela over 100 years ago. It's like, dude, mother- more than that, I think. It's like, dude, motherfucker, fuck off. That 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 not not a good claim, first of yeah. all, and not a good look, uh, especially for a country that's literally collapsing. So it's like communism doesn't work. Look at uh, Cuba for the longest time, you know, they've been communists since uh, the fifties uh, when uh, Che Guevara took over, and you know they they could never get ahead, even with all the assistance they were getting from the Soviet Union up until its collapse, they could never get ahead, and, and it just doesn't work. The on paper communism sounds great, right? Yeah. I mean. It, I would love to just fucking chill, have a good life. Everyone got has what they need the rich and have want. The pay and- no, not even that. Just just people are doing their fair share, and, and life's good, and everything. Everyone's got what they need in this mm. world, right? Who who doesn't want that? And a little yeah. more. Yeah. But the problem with ideology, the problem with communism, is human beings ruin it, man. There's always some greedy pig who makes their way to the top and just just, just fucks it for everyone. They, they hoard all the wealth and they keep everyone down and poor and they do everything they can to stay in power. 
Russia, you know, Stalin did that, you know, uh, all the people who came after him, they did that, you know, uh, what's his face? Ugo Chavez did it, Maduro's doing it, Kim Jong-un and his fucking family is, has been doing it, um, you know, it's just, it, it, all those corrupt dictators in Africa, it's an endless cycle of somebody, you know, weasels their way to the top who shouldn't be there and it's using that position for their own personal gain. And that's why communism and socialism, it will never work. Right. Yeah. That's wild, my boy. Damn, right. we've been at this for almost two hours. Almost two hours and we oh can keep going. God. But, um, man, <sighs> just to, I guess, wrap it up. Dude, I know, what yeah. Are you, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, homie of mine that I grew up with, he's, uh, we're having dinner, we're getting steaks, and then, uh... Oh, nice, where are you going? No, he's actually making it. Oh, he's, he's making it. My bad, yeah, he's making okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we try to get together at least once a month, and we're, we're good friends, we grew up together, so I, we went to the same, uh, elementary school, middle school, not the same high school, but we were still tight. And then he went to UCSD, I went to SDSU, and just always kept in touch, but doing that tomorrow and the Saturday... I'm going to chill with the lady, you know, um, it's going to be cold, maybe raining, but, right. you know, we'll do something just to hang out. Sunday, same thing, we'll probably go see her family and, and, and just chill. What about you? Okay, cool. Um, nothing, bro, got a pretty chill weekend up ahead. Uh, Saturday, I'm pretty excited. I'm going to a goals, goals game? Same oh, goals, hockey yeah. Game. Um, I've been to one once. Um, it's cool. So uh, we're actually going to run in with Mickey. Mickey's a oh, right on. A company's. Yeah. We're going to put it on the little company card. Oh, yeah. We're going to weasel our way in there. So <laughs> check out. Let me find out who's going to be out there. And we're just fucking just wilding with the white people out there. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you know what? It's funny. Just a quick story. For Christmas, I want. I told my fan because we did Secret Santa and shit like that, right? Yeah. So we're kind of sending to the group chat kind of what we want, you know, so our person could. Someone get what we want. I want a fucking Trump hat, fool. Oh, yeah. I want a Trump hat. <laughs> a but MAGA just, hat? I want a fucking MAGA hat from yeah. the official site. Yeah. You know, none of that fucking Knock shit off. from eBay. Yeah, Knock yeah, off. Yeah. So I want to make America great again. It shouldn't be that controversial. Make America great again. Like, what's wrong with that, right? But I wanted one, and my family didn't want to get it from me. Oh. Like, oh, because we talked about it, <laughs> and you could get beat up. I'm like, yo, like, it's crazy that you guys thought about it, and it's possi- po- a possibility. But, like, see, this is exactly what we're, we're talking about. That you- it pisses me off. There's nothing wrong with a... Make America great again. Hey, fucking hey hat. hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let me ask you Let's say you got that hat. Yeah, what? <laughs> Would you actually walk around wearing You know what? Check this out. Uh, check this out. I've been thinking about doing that and just be like, how hard do I want to make my fucking day today? Slapping that shit on, making stories, and, you know, kind of like I want, or having someone kind of film the reactions and just by me wearing it. And if someone gives me something, be like, oh, have a good day. You know, having, because the hat is doing the shit talking, my I, boy. Here's the thing. I don't think anybody would give you a hard time. Uh-huh. One, no one's going to fucking fight you because you're pretty beefy. Two, you're brown, dude. No one's gonna come true. and fucking say anything to you. But uh, yeah, that's true. They can't. They fucking they can't. can't. They no. What if they're like traitor, racist, or whatever? You know, like uh, a bootlicker, whatever the fuck oh it may my be. God, we could keep this. We could keep going all no. night. But we'll what do you just, think about that though? Okay. You know, I think that's what happened. I think that I would get a lot of high fives. Like that's what's up. Then yeah, I, I you, feel like from afar, you'd have like the little snickering comments or whatever. Um, so I had had been a plan for me to wear one. Um, 
and kind of go just go drink with the boys. Yeah, dude. A little breweries here and there, you know. Like yeah, yeah. I wonder what the re- public reaction would be. Okay, I'll tell you right now. You, really I mean, you know where all the breweries are. They're in North Park, so I don't right. think you're gonna get a, too many high fives. Oh, that's <laughs> you're gonna get a lot of hate. I don't know if anyone's actually gonna get confrontational with you because, again, I think no one's gonna get confrontational with you is because you're brown okay. and you know all the uh, all the white folk uh, on the liberal side. You know, they're yeah. trying to be the brown man's best friend. Right. These days. So, so, <laughs> they're not going to, I don't yeah. think they would do that. But you know what? Like the whole, all these terms, like, because uh, look, um, I don't think it's any surprise by now if you've been listening that I, I'm, I, I do think of myself as, you know, pretty moderate. You're probably thinking I'm just a hardcore asshole conservative. I'm not. You know, I, right. there are, I, I do have, you know, uh, liberal social values with a mixture of, uh, uh, conservative values, you know, and, and th- that's my prerogative. That's my choice. That's who I am. That That's what I'm allowed to believe in. And that's the beauty of America. I don't have to conform to one side or the other. I'm free to think and believe in whatever I want. I don't, I am not a member of the Democrat or the Republican party. I'm a, I'm a registered independent. So, you know, that should give you an idea. I, I don't subscribe to any one party ideology because I think that's wrong and it, it, it's it's dangerous. So, right. um, you know, so when somebody comes up to me and says, you know, you're a traitor, or, oh, you know, you're you're a racist or, you know, or even bigot. calls me a, a bigot or just calls me a Republican like it's meant to be a derogatory term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, first of all, that's unconstructive. What is that doing? If anything, you know, I'm, again, I know that people come from a place of emotion, so I don't take it personally. But for people on the right who get called names because they're Republicans or they voted for Trump or, or, you know, they just don't agree with you, when you yell at them and you call them names and you, you, you make them feel bad rather than try to understand where they're coming from and have a civil conversation with them. You're actually pushing them more and more to the extreme. That's what you're doing, and you're not really helping your cause. And I think the same should be said for Republicans. You know, although I've never had a problem with a conservative getting in my face and and saying stupid shit, but you know, let that be a warning to you. You know, what whatever your whatever shit you're getting from the left, just remember not to repeat it and do it to the right because exactly. there are people on the right oh, that's who. True. They do. They. I've seen the videos online. They're everywhere. You know, both sides do it, and they're guilty of it. And it's ugly. It's not constructive, and it's not. It doesn't do any good for this country. So, you know, next time you see somebody who like a is a victor and is wearing a mega hat, don't judge him for it. I mean, hey, if you judge him, that's your choice. But don't don't get in his face. Don't shame him for it. Don't make him feel bad because, you know, whatever you. If you think they're, if you already think they're a bad person based on whatever reason, that person's going to go more and more in that direction that you're pushing them into, and your opinion of them is only going to get worse. And that's really your fault for not trying to come from a place of understanding, empathy, and compassion. You know, uh, so that that's my only advice: just try to talk to people, have a civil dialogue. You know, really get to know them and under, and and just get to know 
them ask them why why do you why is that you you believe in that rather than judge huh, them and make them feel bad and then kind of have that conversation back and forth you know i was saying it too when i, I was talking with my boy that you know open conversation is is, is being lost and it's very important mm-hmm. and being able to disagree with each other and respect each other's opinion yeah you know and and sometimes i i go off tandem and talking crazy uh because i want that emotion i want someone to come and i have a very liberal friends my boy you do i, I do and, hey and yeah you do me. so a lot of a lot of people <laughs> like be like oh this fool this and that like but no a lot of my friends are uh, they're staunch and, democrats and they fuck with me because yeah. they know me you know they, yes. they fucking know me and that's how they, that's why they stick around i'm a good time you know I, i'm very friendly i never like tell people or it's very funny because you, you, i've only been outspoken about certain shit for the right. last couple of years and i feel like i have need to like i'm like yo i don't fucking agree with what's going on in the world you, you and, weren't always like that yeah, when i first I met you you didn't I, give a shit about politics I, I or anything like i that. really no, didn't no. my boy and, and but i now, feel like i've had to yeah. say something like yo i don't agree with what's going on and it's like almost pointing the film like yo is anybody fucking else seeing this like yeah, this is fucking yeah. weird so but I, sometimes i act that way because I want to strike emotion. I want to get. I want to strike emotion and start a conversation. Because you know, I've had conversations with some of my liberal friends, and right. it's been very fucking interesting, bro. Because I don't come at them with all this shit. It's very just, yeah, like, bro. This is what I think. Why do you think that? Okay, cool. Kind of like we are today. You let, know? let me echo that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've known Victor ever since we were in college, and you know, I, I've never had a bad conversation with him. It, we've always, you know been able to go back and forth and talk about different things and it's never a shouting match it's never it's just kicking it back and just having a conversation just yeah. talking that's all it's ever been you know and and that that's how it should be so yeah I, I, for those of you listening at home i know many of you probably think man this guy is fucking batshit crazy because even when i listen to him sometimes like what the fuck is he saying but yeah. You know, it, it's yeah, it, entertainment. It, it's entertainment. Only. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun, and you know, end of the day, he's actually a really nice, great person. And again, I'm not a conservative. Victor, yeah, he he's yes, definitely a conservative. Yes, yeah, he is. 100%. Me, I'm I'm very moderate, but we're still really great friends, and we're able to have a conversation, and that should say a lot. And I can let me just echo: Victor has quite a few staunch Democrat friends, and. They're they're and really that's cool. good, and, and that's cool. And they're them. great friends. Yeah, so that 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 says a lot, right there. To people who have different ideologies, different thoughts, different beliefs, they can still be friends. That's right. So, well, thank you for coming on, and bro, and I love having this conversation, bro. I really wish my boy uh, could have been in here with us. I think we're gonna have to run it I back know. in a couple months yes. and kind of have his take. I know he's got a lot of interesting. You know, I feel like to a degree, he's been paying more attention just because. Sometimes we don't talk into depth about things, but he hears my spiels. Sure. You know, he kind of hears me rant about shit, and I feel like some of it sticks into that he kind of like, uh, it's, he's more interested in it. So we go okay. back and back and forth, and he has his own opinions on, on shit like that. So it's very uh, interesting. So it's, it's been really cool. So we're yeah. going to have to have you on, have to have my boy on, yeah. and we're going to have to run it back in a fucking couple months. And especially leading into the election year, it's leading yeah. into uh, November. Once the nitty gritty uh, happens, bro, we didn't even get to this part, I but. Know. Um, the whole, uh, whole I'm agenda. very interested in the Democratic Party itself. What are they going to do? Are they yeah. going to take Biden out? Is he going to mm-hmm. magically die? Are they going to put Obama? Ms. Michelle a fucking man? Is Gavin Newsom coming through? Who fucking knows? We're going to have to run that yeah. on the next motherfucking show. But um, it's part of that. Thank you for having me on, my boy. Thank you. Well, round of applause for my boy, Sean. And um, I guess we're out. All right. I still have to get um, an outro. Oh, a what? 
an outro music. There's oh. a there's Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's right. <laughs> um. Yeah. All right. Take care, everyone.